Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, yes, he does. Hammered was the appropriate word there. Uh, very, very good use of verbiage there, Mike Quick and Merrill Reese. Good morning, everybody. He's Mike Sielski. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, a rainy Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley and a huge, huge one. Mike, we all remember the moment they tried to block Reddick with a tight end. We've been over that many times. And the other thing is... Um, I heard Mike Martz talking about this uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week. Purdy never moves up in the pocket. No, he doesn't slide forward. His instinct actually is to spin backward away from pressure, uh, which is one of the reasons his success in the NFL has been so surprising, to yeah, be very honest. That did not work. Anyway, you remember the day last January 29th, I believe, and from there the Niners bring in Josh Johnson, and then Christian McCaffrey ends up playing quarterback, and the Eagles route him 31-7. to Head to the Super Bowl and the Niners basically whine afterward and never <laughs> stop whining. It's been remarkable yeah. the amount of whining. There's no other word for it, Glenn. It's not even as if you can say they lost a close game or they had some bad breaks go their way. I mean, they got beat 31-7 to and just never stopped talking about it. They got throttled, and they all blamed it on the fact that they lost the quarterback. I don't think he was worth 24 points in that game, by the way. And, yeah, Brandon Ayuk is saying a couple weeks ago, like, I'd bet every penny I have on Kansas City being the Eagles. Presumably he did not do that. No. Uh, Rob, the, the punter. The kicker. The, the kicker. kicker, not the punter. The yeah. kicker, Robbie Gould. Yeah he's, yeah, he's making noise about it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Anyway. Um, tomorrow we have we have the grudge match, Mike. We have the the game of all games, the tuto de capi tuto, the <laughs> the matching the two best teams. I think what should be what appear to be the two best teams in the NFL. Yes, with this great story of the Niners seeking revenge and the Eagles aiming to prove superiority. And, and actually, the Eagles win tomorrow. They wrap up a playoff spot. Yes, they do. It's unbelievable. The great part is a fan. I want your opinion on this, is that this is becoming, I think, a great rivalry. It's not a, it's not a natural rivalry. It's not division. It's not geographic. It's, it's like Pat's Indy when it was Brady versus Manning. It's like Dallas-San Francisco all those years ago when mm-hmm. that really – that was the Super Bowl when those guys played. I think we have the ch- – I think we have it now, and I think we have the chance to continue to have it. Well, what you have in the game is you have – really, I think, maybe the two franchises in the NFC that have maintained consistent excellence might be a little bit of a stretch for the Eagles only because they had such a poor 2020. But 
These are the teams that generally year after year are in the mix. And now you're starting to see them encounter each other in big moments and in big games, whether you're talking about the NFC Championship game last year or you're talking about this game, which basically is for supremacy in the conference. Uh, I think the other factor, too, Glenn, and the reason people don't pick up on it yet is that the 49ers and both teams, quite frankly, have cycled through quarterbacks. When you talk about Mm. the Patriots and the Colts from those days, it is Brady versus Manning. This has been the Eagles with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts versus the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo and trying Trey Lance and now settling on Brock Purdy. And quarterbacks are such a big part of the personality of the sport that I think that— You're right contributes to the, the heatedness of the rivalry. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, I hope they stay good, and it continues. I I, I mean, there's listen, there's been a lot of, what's the word I want braying this uh, week? Yeah. Is that, is that a <laughs> yeah. word I can use? That's yes. what jackasses do. And, and by the way, <laughs> from both, I, you know, I, I heard we did like these crossovers with their radio stations. Yeah. And that yeah. just got ugly. I've been part of those in my lifetime. 2009, Phillies, Yankees, World Series, mm-hmm. guilty. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, we went with WFAN, and I was just as juvenile. But there's been a lot of that. And the players, the, the one just that I thought was over the line was Debo Samuel calling James uh, Bradbury trash. trash. And doubling down, and I don't regret it. And, and to his credit, Bradbury didn't get in the muck, but that seems even over the line, even among players. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, look, nobody really thinks James Bradbury is trash. The guy was a second-team All-Pro cornerback last season. Uh, and yeah, I wonder about just the mind frame of some of the 49ers that they have been this strident in what they're saying. I don't know what that is supposed to tell me about how they're approaching this game. Does, is motivation, is revenge a real factor here? Is it they're trying to talk themselves into beating the Eagles? I don't know what's going on there, and we're only going to get an answer by 8 o'clock on Sunday night. All right, so the Eagles did not take the bait. At right. any point, nobody in the Eagles took the bait. They, they took the high road. I, I think most of them know well enough to do that on their own. I'm sure there was a directive from the coach. Sure. Um, the coach should follow that directive sometimes himself. <laughs> well, he, he should. He usually heated. does it after the game. Yeah, the coach gets a little heated. Too. Yeah, he does. He does. But, um, you know, Jason Kelsey, I heard him on our station. He wasn't going to go there. And mm-hmm. I mean, it happened to Mylotta as well all throughout the week. What do you think they're saying among themselves? The Eagles? Yeah. Or are they not? Or are they just like, you know, I don't care? No, I don't think they don't care. I think they're saying we want to come out someday and kick this team's butt Mm -hmm. um, and shut them up. I think elite professional athletes in any sport are constantly looking for bulletin board material, even if they deny that they're looking for bulletin board material and even if there isn't any out there. They do. They do. I mean, go back and watch The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. That guy manufactured motivation out of nothing. And the 49ers are giving the Eagles plenty of it. So I'm sure the guys in the locker room are hearing that. Again, whether it's going to make a difference come Sunday at 425, we got to wait and see. So part of this is all the angst and anger over them being underdogs uh, and the lack of respect. I did not get that worked up about that because that's Vegas. Yeah. That's the, that, and by the way, the line got bigger. The yes, line, it did. I think it opened at one and a half. I think it settled around three. And all that tells me is that the public, the betting public, mm-hmm. favors the Niners. Correct. And bring out the dog masks. Yeah. Play, play that. You've played it before. Yeah, it's, it's a, a label with which the Eagles thrive, right? That's where they live. That's where their fan base lives. They, they want to be underestimated. It is 
where everybody around here is most comfortable. And so to the degree that it helps one team or another, I think it totally helps the Eagles. It plays into the mentality that they've had ever since they made that Super Bowl run back in 1718. Yeah, I have that dog mask somewhere. I know where the, the closet it's in. Do you really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I got you have that. a mask? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. We, I, please. Well, I station, try to be an objective journalist. I know you do. do I know. Things. And you don't host the pregame show, this as I true. do. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I have to grab it tomorrow. Uh, but here we are. Game of the season. Tough act to follow after the Eagles beat the Cowboys in a game that ends at the two-yard line. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they beat Kansas City on the road. And after they beat the Bills in overtime after a Jake Elliott 58-yard field goal allows them to tie it and then hurts scampers in from, whatever, 10 yards out to win it. Um, but let us be honest for a moment. Okay. okay? Anybody Uh-oh. who's not interested in honesty, uh, you're invited to turn your dial down just for a second. The Eagles have shown some cracks. They've yeah. won these games, but they have shown some cracks. Worrisome? Yes, absolutely worrisome. I don't think you can keep playing in the first half the way they keep playing in the first half mm. and continue to win games, especially against teams like the 49ers and the Cowboys and the kind of teams you're going to encounter in the playoffs. You're just setting yourselves up for a situation where you have to be perfect in the second half, and if you're not, you're going to lose the game. And so it's going to be really important for them to not play that poorly in the first half against this team because the 49ers and Brock Purdy are a different team and a different quarterback when they have a lead compared to when they have to play from behind. Hold on one second. Brian Johnson. (laughs) Hey, Brian Johnson. Hello. I think he's talking to you. Yeah, a little I think he's bit. talking to the offensive coordinator right here. No, no lateral screen passes to Julio Jones oh, for the first half. Yeah. Listen, they've been great at adjustments, right? You give a point. That's, the team is really good at adjusting. Let's make it tomorrow. They don't have to do all that. It, w- it would make things a whole lot easier for them if they didn't have to play from behind. All right, Mike Sealski, here we go. Let's set this up. Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL. True. Niners have the best defensive line in the NFL. Best front seven. Eagles have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. True. Niners have an elite offensive line. They have a very good offensive line and maybe the best left tackle in the league mm-hmm. in Trent Williams. Eagles bring in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift. Niners bring in George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of weapons. A lot of weapons. A lot of firepower. And so then you have Hertz, mm-hmm. who is the favorite now to win the MVP and came back from the bye with his legs. That that was really – let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. That weapon we got to see last week for the first time. Yeah, I, I've never seen a quarterback who gets faster as the game goes along mm-hmm. the way Jalen Hurts seems to. And I think you're right, Glenn. I think the bye week and the rest seem to help his knee. It didn't look that way against Kansas City. It looked that way against Buffalo, that if he needed to get a first down by running the ball, he was able to do it. And he was more fearless when he, yeah. he, he was ready to run, which I like. Great weapon against Brock Purdy, who I think a lot of people, and maybe I'll raise my hand on this, still dismiss as a, a Kyle Shanahan system quarterback. Uh, but among quarterbacks in the NFL with at least 100 pass attempts, Brock Purdy leads the league in completion percentage. A lusty 70.2. Not bad. And yards per attempt, a glossy 9.4. That That's the one that I think is telling, Glenn, about the fact, the idea that Purdy may not be a flash in the pan. Uh, 
if you look at the advanced football stats, like they track yards in the air, the actual distance that the a quarterback throws the ball. You know, it's one thing to throw a 65-yard bomb for a touchdown. It's another to throw a swing pass to a running back, and he sure. takes it 65. Purdy is in the top, I think, eight of air yards. So he's throwing the ball which, down which the field. Would, which would seem surprising. Yeah, you wouldn't think Although that. he's got the weapons to do it. But I, I'm thinking a lot of short passes to Kittle and McCaffrey that they, they run. Right, but yeah. Brandon Ayuk averages 19 yards a catch. Yeah. He's a deep threat. Kittle can get down the field against a linebacker or a safety. This is no joke that the 49ers are going to present a major, major problem to the Eagles' defense tomorrow. Well, this is going to be a very interesting game. By the way, to his credit, Purdy would not get into the trash talk this week. He said, am I going to go into the game saying I want revenge and all this kind of stuff? It's not like that. So I'm going to try to do my job and be the best Brock that I can be for the team. Can I just say this, Glenn? (laughs) A little third-person action. Look, every Eagles fan here loves Jalen Hurts and respects Jalen Hurts and wants Jalen Hurts to be the Eagles quarterback, and I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. Having mm-hmm. said that, if Brock Purdy played for the Eagles and was playing like this, yeah, he would be a god in this town. <laughs> he would be – they would have a statue of him already, I think. The last guy picked in the draft Oh, the, the, the underdog sp- aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little Nick, a little Nick Foles kind of respect. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But to have him play this well for this long – Mm-hmm. and kind of come out of nowhere, people would, around here would eat that up. Yeah, well, it's going to be it, – uh, it It portends to be a great and exciting and tense game. Um, uh, you and I give our predictions toward the end of the game. I don't think anybody's running away with it, I will say no. that. Uh, and it's – once again, this team is in the national spotlight. This is the game of the week, again and again and again. Again and again and again. Remember, two weeks ago, we had what we thought was the biggest game of the season when the Eagles were going to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Now we have the next biggest game of the season, and depending on the outcome of this one, next week's game in Dallas against the biggest Cowboys the will season. be the biggest game of the yes, season. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk to the people. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. What do you think? What are you feeling? We want your opinions. John and Maniunk. Starts us. John, you're on with Mike and Glenn. Good morning. Hey, before I get to the game, I'd like to speak about something. Zach Ertz got released this week by the Cards. What do you mm-hmm. think? The Eagles might try to pick him up. You know, he probably come in cheap. Might want to fail his career. Um, his career. Well, I think there's no doubt that he uh, would love to come back here. Uh, and um, he passed through waivers, I think, guess yesterday. Yes. Which means that any you can sign him, uh, and you can sign him at a different, you know, under a different contract than the one he had. I think it makes entire eminent sense that he come back because Dallas Goddard supposedly is coming back next week. You hope he's going to be effective, but even even after that, I don't I don't think they have much of a backup tight end. I know you like it for other reasons. I, I like it because you're adding a fifth member to what is the core of the team from a leadership and culture standpoint, right? You have Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson. You add Zach Ertz, it reaffirms uh, – kind of the atmosphere and the culture that the Eagles have built over time that helps them tremendously. Uh, and I think he can play a- enough that it makes sense to try to bring him back. And Lord knows he would want to come back. He loves Philadelphia. He has ties to the region and the city. Uh, it-, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we're going to talk about it more later in the show when we actually talk to our Cooper doc. But uh, right now you got thumbs up from both of us. Cool, cool. And on the game tomorrow, I think um – I think if the Eagles, Jalen Carter, one of those guys, lays a couple hats on Purdy, he's going to be thinking about last year. I think the Eagles are going to win. Oh, 
Well, I, I don't know if he'll be thinking about last year, John, but I do think you put your finger on the key to this. They've got to make him unsettled in the pocket. That's part of why the 49ers are so good is that they get off to – when they get off to a fast start in a game, Purdy feels comfortable. He can run McCaffrey. He can kind of orchestrate the offense the way Shanahan wants it. When they have to play from behind and they have to rely on him to throw the ball, it's a different matter entirely. So I think Carter and Reddick – and Jordan Davis up front are going to, if the Eagles are going to win, those guys are going to play a major role. Yeah, and, uh, well, we'll talk about it next segment. They played a lot last week. Yeah. Uh, Chris in King of Prussia is up next. Chris, you're feeling good about this game, eh? I, I actually am. I'm feeling really good about this game. And uh, I know there was some talk going around about if you had to lose, uh, you know, either San Fran or Dallas, who would you pick? I don't even like thinking on those terms. But if I had to choose a loss, I'm going to take San Fran because I do not want to lose against Dallas. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I, I appreciate your emotion that goes into that. I guess the question becomes, which loss can you afford more? My instinct always says San Francisco because Dallas is in the division. But the right. other thing is, if you assume that the Eagles are going to finish with a better record than Dallas— Okay, or even tie Dallas. You did all this. Yeah, I, I did all the permutations. Okay, so here. if the Eagles and Dallas, if the Eagles lose to Dallas, but tie in terms of the overall record, Eagles win out uh, against the the you know the Arizona, New York, New York. Who wins the division? The Eagles would. Okay, uh, assume, assuming the Eagles win out after losing to the Cowboys, and they end up with the same record as the Cowboys, the Eagles would hold the tiebreaker over Dallas because they would have a better conference record. It kind of doesn't make sense because. If the Eagles, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles, boom, the Cowboys would have the tiebreaker. But the Eagles finish their season with three games against NFC teams. Yeah, and Dallas is, if they win those, Dallas will have lost more games in the conference. Got it. And by the way, this you're talking about if the Eagles lose tomorrow and lose to Dallas, correct? They'll have three losses. Eagles to win. If the Eagles lose to San Francisco, bear with us, Chris. We'll get to you. If the Eagles okay, lose okay. to San Francisco and end up with the same record, they would be behind the 49ers because the tiebreaker. The head tiebreaker. Right. So, in fact, the Dallas one is the one you can afford to lose more as much as we hate losing to Dallas. That is correct. Well, there you go. That's Mike Sealski, mathematician. What do you got, Chris? All right. Well, first, I got a, a comment and a, a question, a trivia question. Mm. Comment is I watched this movie about two, three months ago called Sisu, S I S U. Mm-hmm. And I compare that movie to what the Eagles season is all about right now. They refuse to go down. I don't know the movie. Do you know the movie, Mike? I do not yeah. know the movie. I am Googling it as we speak. Okay. Uh, it is a historical action thriller. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Um, I don't recognize any of the actors or actresses or directors. I haven't seen this movie, Chris. Uh, can you demystify intense. us? It's intense. This this man just wants to be left alone, and uh, and and now all of a sudden he just wants to live his life, and it's during like the end of World War II, and all of a sudden he finds his goal. Now he's got all these Nazis coming after him. All right, I'm and I'm struggling to see the connection is, to the Eagles here. <laughs> the, the, he just because, wants to be left alone. Okay, I'll take the movie recommendation, but we got to move on. What is? Right, what do you say? You had a, 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 a uh, Mike's good on trivia. He enjoys that. What's the trivia question? question? All right, when was the last time last year that no Philly sports teams went to the playoffs? 
Oh, what was the last year that it didn't happen? I'm sure I was on That's WIP. I would say uh, 1994. No, it was later than that. I'm I had to be on the radio. 2005. See, I was thinking 20 years ago. You don't know the answer. I know. I'm not cheating. We're not doing internet. Oh well, nothing. you can't ask. You can't ask the question if you don't know <laughs> the answer. I, so it's 20. I mean, if you count 2017, they didn't play a playoff. Philadelphia sports didn't play uh, a playoff nah, game. No, nah, that's an asterisk here. Yeah. Well, in 2015, no team made it. There you go. 2015. Okay. 2015, zero yeah. team made the playoffs. There you go. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. not that far back. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, 2017 would count. I'm thinking That's what I'm pandemic. saying, calendar year. Well, it would be the 2016-2017 Flyers-Eagles, the 2017 the Eagles, and the 2017 Phillies. Because None they of them won made the it. Super Bowl in 18. The 26. No, 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 it's no, the no. 2017 Eagles. It's, so the, okay, that's so then 2015. The season is 2015. Okay, so then 15. No team made it. Okay. Well done. Really Thank quick you. on the. Division. I appreciate you figuring out his question. That was nice. Yeah. That's Stan Wilson, our producer. Really quick on the tiebreaker. So if it came down, because if the Eagles and Cowboys are tied, it's divisional record first, right? Yeah, but their divisional records would be the same if they both won out. But if yes. they both yeah. lost a game, if in they there, both end up 14 and three, if they both lost a game in there and the Eagles lo- like theoretically lost a game to the Giants, that could throw it off. Stop. I, I'm not. What sure. are you? Well, talking? yeah, but then, are you but then drunk? You're getting, no, I don't think they're going to lose to the, the Giants. The Eagles either. are not losing to the Giants. First of all, no, I I would agree. Okay, I'm just throwing out a potential tie-breaking scenario. Don't scare the public. Well, I'm not what? trying to scare anyone. Why don't you go dig up some answers to trivia questions? Come I on. did. <laughs> you, were, you were pretty quick on that. That was very good. That was well done. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack. Now coming up, uh, there was a little bit of. Controversy over our stupid football. There this was, week. there was. I was, I was robbed. Uh, you weren't the only one. No, we'll talk true. about that. And we'll take your calls. Uh, by the way, eleven o'clock. We're going to talk to our pal G Cobb. Love talking to Gary Cobb about the game. And noon, we have a guest pal of yours. Yeah, Connor Orr from Sports Illustrated. He is a real human being who works for Sports Illustrated. Uh, he's been covering the NFL for a long His time. His intelligence is in no way artificial. Not at all. And uh, very familiar with the league as a whole. Going to kind of demystify the 49ers for us, give us his insight on the Eagles and uh, whether they can keep uh, this kind of remarkable role going of Coming back in the second half. There you go. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, it was great for the Eagles, and a yeah. really big play there as we're uh, nearing the end of the second quarter. The Eagles had the, excuse me, the Bills had the ball all the way down to the Eagles' three-yard line, second and goal, and they end up getting nothing in the because the kicker misses a field goal. Yep. Uh, so they got nothing out of it. So it was great news all around. The Eagles are already down seventeen-seven. That would have been w- wonderful news for the Eagles. Yeah, great, awesome. Yeah, not so good for you or Hassan Reddick personally. No, because he makes that play. And as it turns out, as, as Merrill picked up really well, he doesn't get the sack. First, Merrill says, oh, Reddick with the sack. And then, oh, he, the I'm going forward, intentional grounding. You don't get a sack for that. No, he, you do not get a sack for that. And Hassan Reddick and I were, I don't know if we were equally frustrated. You were we commiserating, were, we were you? We were both frustrated <laughs> with that outcome. Uh, I actually talked to Reddick after the game, and without prompting, uh, he said this to me, quote, I do think the intentional grounding is a BS. He didn't say BS call. I think they need to fix that, man. QBs are using that as an escape just to not get a sack. If it's intentional grounding, it should still be a sack. And I can say, Glenn, that as a competitor in the stupid football bet who has Hassan Reddick against all the Georgia Bulldogs and you, I would have liked that to have been a sure sack as well. Sure, absolutely. And by the way, he is aware of the bet. You have discussed the specific bet with him. I have. And he's rooting for you. Of course he is. Yeah. Because, you know, a yeah. win for Mike is a win for Hassan. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry about that. Yeah, it's still, what, 8.5 to 7.5. It correct? is. You you do have the lead, and you have all the momentum. I haven't gotten a sack in a while. I got one guy out with injury, and it's like I, I got nothing going on there. Y- you got a gas, Jordan Davis, who chased – Josh Allen to yeah. the sideline in All that right. game. So, well, he, let, let's let's review. There was the Eagles had only one sack in that entire game. I mean, Josh Allen went to back to pass like eighty five times. He they, he had an incredible. Uh, Brandon game. Graham had the one sack. He had an incredible game. There were at least four or five, if not more, occasions when it looked like the Eagles were going to wrap him up, and he just shed those guys and got out of the pocket. He was really good. So, off of that, it gives me concern for tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. here's the play count from the other day. Hassan Reddick, 83 snaps yeah. last week. Josh Sweat, 81 snaps. Jalen Carter, 76 snaps. Jordan Davis, the biggest man on the field, 65 snaps. And by the way, we all saw that play of him chasing down Allen toward the end of the game, not being able to get up. But, man, give the guy points. ton of credit. There was all kinds of scuttlebutt and discussion afterwards about how fast he was moving on the play, and he was up to 16 miles an hour. And uh, it was like having a golf cart come across it was the imp- stadium. It was you impressive. Know, across the field. Reed Blankenship played all 95 snaps, yes, as did, did, I think, Slay and maybe Bradbury. Got a guy. We're gonna, Liam, hold on. We're going to get to you in a second. Um, but that's not good. None of that is good. They, a, it's not good because they couldn't get off the field. Yeah. It didn't speak well to the defense. The Bills' offense can be very good. And as you said, Josh Allen 
at a day of days. Um, but I, you know, how quick do you recoup? Oh, good question for our Cooper Doc. Very good question for our Cooper Doc. Very good question, period. I don't know. And it's been a problem all season. Not that they're on the field for that many plays every game, but they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think 27th in third down defense. They yeah. cannot get off the field. Third and long. Third and long killed them last week against the Bills. And you can't afford to have that happen against the 49ers because they have enough weapons, as we just talked about, that if you keep giving them opportunities, Eventually, one of those guys, Samuel, Ayuk, McCaffrey, Kittle, is going to break free. Yeah, yeah, not good. And I and remember the Niners played on Thanksgiving. So they are well-rested. They are well-rested. Hopefully these guys all got – what was the thing that T.O. used to get in? The something. The hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric chamber. That's right. Yes. Do, do they have a hyperbaric chamber there big enough for Jordan Davis? <laughs> that would be a hyperbaric Titanic, I think <laughs> it would have to be. Uh, I hope he got into it. Liam and Delco, uh, what uh, you got? You got thoughts about James Bradbury tomorrow, eh? Yeah, man, dude. I think James Bradbury is going to come out with some ferocity after the trash talk that he's been received from Debo Samuel's the past year and the fact that he's doubled down on it. And we haven't really, he's been a little quiet this year outside of last week. He had a very good week against Buffalo. And I think he's going to come out with some fire this week. And I can't wait to see it. I think this game really hinges on our defense coming out like we did in the, in the championship last year. And I think they're going to come out. They're going to come out just as well as they did. And we could even see a roll, I think. Wow. I hope. That, Liam, you have a measure of confidence in the Eagles for this game that I'm not sure. I certainly, I don't know that I share it. Um, I, I, if I were an Eagles fan, I would worry about this matchup. I think that the 49ers, particularly with Kittle and McCaffrey, have players who, who can exploit the middle of that Eagles defense, which has been pretty soft most of the season. Oh, certainly, man. Certainly. I'm definitely I'm definitely confident in this, but I'm definitely very worried myself considering how Brock Purdy's been doing. He's been doing very, very well. <laughs> That's all it took was one line for me no, and you no, went from being super confident here, here, to worried. Here's, here's what I believe it is. And Liam, I, I, I respect you and everything. I think Liam's and and it's okay to be a little bit nervous about this game. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have some trepidation. Oh, yeah. But Liam is Liam's marching with some confidence. Well, he knows in his mind, like, it may not be quite that easy. Okay. Did I got that down right? No. no, it's not going to be an easy game, no doubt about it. But I have a question for you guys regarding another topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys were talking about last night how tough it was for us to 2-0 Washington. Do you think it's going to be a cakewalk, the 2-0 Giants, in our last couple games? Well, first of all, that wasn't us last night. As much as I appreciate it, we're not on the wow. air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But that's okay. That was that was different, guys. I think the Giants are a carcass of a team, of a, of a, of a dead carrion waiting for hyenas to pick over their bones. <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah, Mike, and, and all wa- yours. And Washington looks like it might actually have a guy who can play quarterback a little bit. He's erratic, Sam Howell, but he – Chucks the ball all over the place and leads the league in passing yardage. <clears throat> there's something there. So I would pick Washington over the Giants. I, I agree with you, Glenn. Why are we talking about Washington and the Giants? No, because he said that uh, he noted that uh, that uh, we – I said, and I don't think you disagreed, that the Eagles are going to go 3-0 and in those last oh, yeah. three games. Yes, that they're yeah, going to yeah. beat the Giants twice. Right. And, and somebody else on this station had mentioned it. I don't know. Okay. It was tough to beat Washington, so gotcha, he gotcha. wanted to know how we no, felt wa- in perspective. No, Washington has actual players on offense. And Washington had something to play for at that time. You're right. getting the Giants on 
Christmas Day and then in the new year when the Giants are really just going to be looking to go the, home. The, the only person less motivated to be at Eagles-Giants than the Giants will be me because I have to cover that game and I'm missing Christmas Day yeah. with my family. Can but I tell you what I'm doing? You're covering the game too, aren't you? I am not. I'm doing the pregame. Mm-hmm. And then for my, uh, my little grandson's Hanukkah gift, I bought tickets. I bought tickets. By the way, for people who buy tickets, I respect you. They're not cheap. For what? For the Eagles. Oh, you bought tickets to the I game. I bought tickets to the Eagles game. I kept game. waiting for the No, I, I didn't tickets. buy tickets for something else. Okay. I bought tickets to the game. I'm taking my grandson, gotcha. my grandsons, plural, gotcha. 11 and 8, to their first NFL game. That's awesome. That's yes, awesome. and they're they're going to be very very excited about it. So and I'm going to go down to the pregame. They're going to come down meet me. We're going to go sit in the stands and freeze and drink hot chocolate and cheer and drink uh, and eat Chinese in the stands and eat. Well, yeah, it is that day, isn't it? Yeah. I will say this: Christmas is also my wife's birthday. Ah, she is a great sport about this. Oh, that's although wonderful. she said, "Well, you got to work anyway. So as long as you're down there, you sure do it. That's we'll do her birthday on the 26th. Okay, that yes. all works out. She's and happy we, to get rid of you on her birthday. We got people coming. <laughs> it's the greatest present she could ever receive. Uh, a Dan? day of peace and quiet. <laughs> no, but she's going to be with my daughter-in-law and my sister's coming from San Francisco and and so on. So, but I'm taking my grandsons to their first NFL oh, game. I, that's going to be really. It'll cool. be a lot of fun. Yeah, so that'd be the Giants game. Anyway, we'll get you coming up two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack. Now, next segment, we're going to discuss something that the NFL is doing right now. It involves the Eagles that is a crime of a sham, of a mockery, of a fraud, of two two shams. I agree. There you go. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack now, 94. WIP. Hey, if your home's in need of new windows and doors, maybe you decided to brave through one more cold winter season before making the plunge. No, don't do that. Let me tell you, acting now will not only keep your family feeling warm all winter while lowering your high heating bills, but it's also going to save you big bucks with the big end-of-year sale from the great people at Guida Door and Window. Guida is bringing back the biggest discounts of the year. You receive 40% off each window you buy. Yep, 40% off every professionally installed window. You also receive 40% off any door, including entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And don't worry about touching your holiday money, because Guida will start your project with no money down and allow you to pay it off interest-free for up to 12 full months. If you need new windows and doors, you need to go guide her right now. You take advantage of these huge savings. All prior sales excluded. Offer expires December 31st. So call Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So, Mike, that's Jordan Davis. That's amazing. Singing. That's amazing. Listen, we've already heard Jordan Mailata, who went on uh, The Voice, that's the hidden voice, not The Voice. Mass Singer? Mass, mass Singer, singer yeah. Went on Mass Singer, right, who really has pipes. He had a guitar out in the locker room on Thursday and was strumming a guitar. Is that right? After practice. Yeah, he can play. He can sing. I don't know he can play. He can sing. I assume he can play. What can't these guys do? Well, the obvious answer would be maybe beat the 49ers. Uh, hey, they already beat them. <laughs> that's Come on. true. They have beaten them. That's, that's true. Uh, um, but this is part of their new Christmas album, which I guess was officially released yesterday, the day before. Yeah. and It's going to be the top seller. At, what, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey's song was number one on iTunes yeah. the, the day it came out? It's, great. it's multifaceted, Glenn Mack, now. All right, before we go back to the phones, let us talk about something that was announced in, in this week. Uh, which I know steams both of us. You wrote a very good column about it, and it is this. The league owners passed uh, a rule, whatever, a change uh, before this season that not only will they flex games from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock on Sunday, 1 o'clock to 8 o'clock, whatever, they they gave themselves the right to flex games from Sunday to Monday, and it happened. And it is the Eagles at Seattle – which is coming up in two weeks, and all of a sudden, that's not a Sunday 4 o'clock game. It's a Monday game. Um, well, I, I'll let you go with it because you wrote, as I said, you wrote a very good column. So there's an, a line from the old sitcom Cheers, Glenn, for anybody who remembers that show from the 80s and 90s, where one of the characters, Diane Chambers, says to Sam Malone, I hate you with the white-hot intensity of a thousand suns. Yeah. That's how I feel about what the NFL has done here with this rule. Think about this. If you're, first of all, this is a game involving two teams on opposite coasts of the United States. This isn't like an Eagles Giants game that's getting moved from Sunday to Monday. This is a game in Seattle involving a team from Philadelphia. Now, think this through, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's say you're an Eagles fan and the NFL schedule comes out in May. Even if you know that the league might, might reschedule that game, that Eagles-Seahawks game from a Sunday to a Monday, what are you supposed to do? Do you pay more to book round-trip flights and reserve hotel rooms from Sunday to Tuesday on the off chance that they reschedule the game? Or do you wait until the NFL actually flexes the game and then you have to pay through the nose because you're scheduling your trip at the last minute? I hate this. It is a slap in the face to the NFL's core audience. It is a slap in the face to people who, many of whom save up to take a trip like this. Sure. I heard a lot of pushback on social media when I wrote this column about, well, if you can afford to fly to Seattle from Saturday to Monday, you can afford to fly it from Saturday to Tuesday. No, not well, necessarily true. It's A, it is another day, and it is a lot of money, and B, it's also like i got to be back for work. i got this appointment, whatever. I've scheduled this thing months in advance to make it work around my life. Yep. Not everybody can just say, like, oh, fine, I'll stay till Tuesday. Um, and, in fact, a lot of people in Seattle, if it was an Eagles home game, it's very inconvenient for a lot of people like, oh, I I can't go Monday night. I work Monday night, or I got my kids Monday night, or whatever. Not everybody among the 70,000 people who are attending, so let's say there's 62,000 Seattle fans, 8,000 Eagle mm-hmm. fans, roughly. Um, it's going to inconvenience 
several thousand of them? I, my, I estimated if you assume 5% of people at that game are inconvenienced, you're talking about 3,500 okay, people. Okay, fine. So I get that it's going to help their TV ratings. The NFL doesn't give a damn about the people who buy the tickets. They just don't give a damn about the people because TV drives the whole thing. It does. And here's here's my issue with this, Glenn. You're seeing this creep from the NFL where it's not enough for them to be the dominant cultural institution in our country right now. Forget sports. I don't know that anything brings people together, so to speak, like the NFL. Like you said, it's all about the TV ratings. But now you've got a game, again, that involves the Eagles on Christmas afternoon on a Monday. Not a Saturday or a Sunday, but a Monday afternoon. I've said this to Jody McDonald within the last year. I think the NFL is pointed toward trying to have at least one week a year where they have a game every single day of the week. Well, again, it's everything but Friday right now. Right. right. Or Wednesday. Have we had a Wednesday game? Not consistently. I mean, Have we ever had a Wednesday in the last 25 years? Yes, there was a few years. I know Obama spoke on a Thursday once. They moved that opening game to Wednesday once. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. So it's happened, well, but it was go. to open the season, yeah. Right. They're also flirting with conference championship games at neutral sites. Yeah, that I hate. I hate it, too. Oh, I hate that. Don't and, do that to us. They're basically daring people to continue to make the NFL, <clears throat> pardon me, the center of their existence. And they are daring their players with the way they are stretching the schedule out and rearranging things over a season to say, if you want to worry about your health, go worry about your health. We're going to schedule these games and play them when we play them. And if you want to get paid, you got to deal with it. And I'm not saying that the NFL is going away tomorrow or that people are going to get tired of football anytime soon because it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But at some point, this kind of arrogance out of an institution comes back to cost that institution. You see this in entertainment. You see it in politics and economics. Too big to fail is not really a thing. Big institutions fail all the time. Just saying. The NFL's got to be careful. Well, that's not in our lifetime. No, I know. But, I know. But, but it's, it's frustrating nonetheless. It, it, is, it is a sign that you take those season ticket holders for granted, or the people who attend games for granted, and you're telling them, eh, hey, tough luck, make it work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't like it. Nope. Hey. All right, Mitchie is with us. Hey, Mitch, how you been? How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, good, good. You know, just at this point, just a little maintenance here and there every four or five months, but I'm doing good. Good. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Hi, Mitchie. How are you? Great. If Jason Kelsey doesn't make that block, Jalen Hurts doesn't get it. This, this guy is playing unbelievable. The yeah, whole, he's remarkable, yes. I mean, Glenn, he's he's here next year. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's here. I'm sorry. You know what? I, I was... I was doing. I, I was lining I, up I the guess. So I, I, I don't didn't know, hear. Mitch. I don't know Who, who's who's here next. Oh, Kelsey. Kelsey. Does he yeah. come back? I, oh I don't know. Uh, I would say again. We're all just guessing, right? So I'd say fifty-five, forty-five. No. Wow. I mean, just this offensive. I mean, line, a lot of it depends how the season ends. You yeah. Know, we're going to win. We're going to win tomorrow. And interesting thing, the beginning of the season, you know, everybody was complaining about. Well, they're not. Jalen's not running the ball. They're not doing the, the the long passes now. Everything is meshing together. They're passing. They're running. Jalen's running when he has to. It's just it's just not happening in the first half, though, Mitch. That's the thing, and that's the concerning part of yeah. this matchup tomorrow. They're going to need to play better in the first half because they cannot afford to get down to the 49ers. The 49ers are not the Bills. 
to a certain degree, they're not even the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs have been a terrible second-half team this season, Glenn. This is a different animal, and they're going to have to be sharp from opening kickoff. Who do you like in the AFC these days? I still think Kansas City is going to be difficult to beat, but I, I wouldn't say they're a lock like I would. A lot of I flaws. A lot of, a lot of flaws. Yeah. The, the receivers are bad. Reminds me a lot of the 0-2-0-3 Eagles where you get in a game and Donovan oh, yeah. McNabb or Patrick Mahomes yeah. has to have a completion. Yeah. And yeah, I'm looking for Todd Finkston and uh, James Thrash. James Thrash. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think the AFC is wide open, to be honest. Baltimore looks really good, uh, but Lamar Jackson doesn't have a – Great history in the playoffs. The last time they were a number one seed, they lost their first playoff game. So the AFC is going to be really are interesting. Are the three best teams, as we are looking at this now on December the, what is it, third? Second. Yeah. Are the three best teams in all in the NFC? I think they are. Yeah, the Eagles, the too. 49ers, and the Cowboys. That's what I think. That's yep. exactly what I think. Jackson in Phoenixville joins us. Hey, Jackson. What's up, guys? Um I think a lot's been making been made of like the snap counts. I I think these guys can recover in 48 hours. Um, I don't see that being a problem. Jackson, I, I want I got to ask you a personal question. Do you weigh 345 pounds? Negative, but you know it takes 48 hours to re- fully recover from this, and they mm. have all the amenities. Now, I got to ask you another question, Jackson. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Have you ever lined up against a guy who weighs 290 pounds who beat you up for three hours? No, but Brock Purdy has. Well, and I appreciate <laughs> Yes. That's, that's true. Okay. And, and I think that's going to be rolling around in his head. And the time off that these Niners have had, they've had a lot of time to think about this. And going back to the place that you've been punched in the mouth is kind of scary. I think, you know, if they get the – all right, so pressure – to sack ratios, Shane Half had this thing on, he, he put out the stat, and the Mahomes thing, he got sacked once, and Allen got sacked once, and they were like 8% sack mm-hmm. ratio. Mm-hmm. I think, so Purdy's sack ratio is like almost 16. So if we can get to Purdy and rattle him early, then, you know, and protect the ball, obviously, and do our thing on offense. Because I'll, I think their secondary is banged up. I'll give you this. He is, not the, he is not the most savvy guy at escaping sacks, as we have right. seen. He doesn't have the greatest pocket presence. But your argument that them having extra time to think about it is bad for them, Mike, this strikes me as a tremendous rationalization. I agree. I don't think the Love fact, you, Jackson. Call again. Yeah, I, I don't think the fact that the 49ers have been thinking about the championship game is going to make them nervous coming into the link tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I really don't. No. I think, if anything— uh, they will have been thinking about it so long that they'll come in maybe a little too hyped up. If you're gonna if you're gonna play that psychological kind of game, maybe they come in too fired up and they're sloppy or something like well, that. I, I mean, his argument was that they've just been. I think his argument was that while the Eagles having the Eagles having played Sunday and the Niners having played since Thanksgiving, he was trying to turn that to advantage Eagles. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't think so either. And this 48 hour thing. I'm not sure what physical therapist, trainers, athletic <laughs> specialist he knows, but I'm no. not sure anybody's going to argue with that. You listen. You've seen it up close. I, I'm, I've seen it up close. You know what these guys go through in these games. No, and it is not a quick thing. No, to I've look. I've been in the Eagles locker room on a Wednesday, and nobody comes skipping through saying, "I'm just right as rain." Yeah, let's go for Sunday. It it, it takes a long time for the NFL is not going to start playing back to backs or like every other day. Well, yeah. I wouldn't put it past right. Them. Yeah. Hey, you know who's a good guy to ask all this question to? Gary Cobb. Cool. And coming up Agreed. next, 
We're going to talk to G. Cobb, uh, one of my favorite people, a great guest and uh, former Eagle. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Well, that was, of course, last year's NFC Championship game as Boston Scott comes through. It was a lot of fun. We are joined now by one of my favorite people, Gary Cobb. Uh, G. Cobb played for the Eagles and uh, sits a few uh, rows, uh, a few seats down from me in the press box. How are you this uh, beautiful day, G? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing awesome, man. Been too long since we had you on as a guest, and I apologize, but I'm delighted to have you. So we had a caller in the last segment who kind of teed something up that I want to run by you. The Niners have not played since Thanksgiving Day. The Eagles played last Saturday, and as we know, the defense was on the field for 95 plays, uh, including some of those big boys were on for, you know, 70, 75 plays. Um, what does it take, or how much are they hurt trying to come back from that to play tomorrow? What disadvantage, I guess I'm asking you, are they at? Well, uh, without a doubt, you know, the advantage goes to the 49ers in that because especially your big guys, you know, they take a while to come back. Uh, it is good that, you know, some of these guys are very young, <clears throat> but really when you think about uh, the advantage, it goes to the 49ers in, in that they've had a, <clears throat> a long break. But um, I think the big thing about the Eagles is they have stepped up every time they've had to had a challenge. You know, um, I, I expect them uh, to take their game to another level because, Really, the reason that the 49ers are favored is because we've seen them take their game to the, their their highest level. The, the way they beat up on the Cowboys, some of the other teams, they've just you know dominated. Uh, the Eagles haven't they haven't done that yet, but they really haven't had to, you know. So I think the thing that we probably uh, you know hope in this game for the Eagles is that they will take up and start playing the way they're capable of playing. Because even after the game on. Last Sunday, when I went in the locker room, you could see these guys are not celebrating. They know they haven't played their best football. Nobody's getting all worked up about it. So they have a, a, a veteran mindset about the way that they play, and I think they'll be able to respond knowing tomorrow they got to respond with their best game. You know, they got to take their game up to another level. I think we're going to see that from the Eagles because they, you know, late in games, they responded. Uh, so I just think this is that kind of team, that they, they've got that kind of soberness about them. Okay, G. Let's go, because I'm such an up guy, worst-case scenario here. I, I see, I could see the Eagles struggling big time to cover George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the field. You played linebacker in the NFL for a long time. What's the challenge that those two players present to the Eagles linebackers and slot corners, and how do the Eagles counteract it? Okay, first of all, you got to know what, where they're lined up at all the time, you know, and and that's the, the reason that I'm really concerned because they got a, a young guy, Christian Ellis, is going to be out there. You know, he's a young player. You know, he hasn't been through this on the NFL level, but because you, you got to know where the guys lined up at. And you have to have looked at the tape where you, you've seen some of the plays that they run. So you know what the, the probability is of the route that he's going to run. And I can't say enough about the importance of, of looking at tape and studying guys because that's the way you get an advantage because you're basically going to get down like a, you know, a good uh, hitter in baseball where he knows, look, he's either going to throw the slider or he's going to throw me a fastball. So you know 
you're going to get something that's fast that's coming at you. You know, you're able to make uh, predictions, good sound predictions about what he's going to run based on what he's already shown you. So when they come out in a certain formation, you got to know what they like to run out of that formation and what kind of route he's probably going to run on you. And you got to be able to anticipate that. And then everybody's got to be talking. One of the things I see with the Eagles is, you know, times they play zone, they just play a pure zone. You can't play a pure zone anymore because the guy's uh, arms are too good. Mm-hmm. You got to play matchup zone. You know, like in basketball, you get near the guy who is in your zone because if you're just <clears throat> in the same zone with him and you're not close enough, you're just going to watch him catch the ball. Mm-hmm. But but when he's in your zone, you got to be on him. So you got to be man to man when the guy's in your zone, and you got to be able to talk. That's the big thing. And the Eagles are starting to do that better uh, since the Bradley Roby came in. Uh, I saw him and um, Kevin Bayard talking and uh, as the, the receivers were going through, one passed the other guy off. You know, that's what you got to do. It's, it's like you're playing zone, but it's man in the zone. When the guy comes in your zone, you got to glue on him because the guy's arms are so good that if you're just near there, you're just going to watch him catch the ball. So you get on your man when he's in your zone. And, and, and the Eagles have got to do a better job of that. Uh, I don't think they've taught it well. It doesn't seem the guys, like the guys understand it. Look, matchup zone. You're in zone. You can't just play pure zone because these guys' arms are so good. If you don't get on that guy while he's in your zone, you're just going to watch him catch the ball. So, so you're saying you don't think they've learned it that well. So you bring in a guy like Bayard, who's an experienced veteran, and you, I, I'm – I'm thinking I'm hearing you say they've done a little better or did it a little yes, better. They have. And yes, so you they see have. Bayard is helping that communication back there? That's right. He's helping, and, and so is um, what the, the, the other Roby guy. back? Roby. Yeah. Those, mm. they, they know how important this is. And the, the communication, and a lot of times when young guys come into the game, you know, they're in there, they're nervous, and they don't talk. you got to kick them in the butt. Say, hey, look, talk. Yeah. You know, hey, this guy's here. Hey, cross, cross. He's crossing in back of you, you know. You got to communicate, and uh, especially with what the 49ers do. Yeah, because t- tomorrow that's going to be pretty critical. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very important. So, yeah. it, it, I would imagine, gee, it's been frustrating to you as a former defensive player uh, to watch, for instance, last Sunday's game against the Bills, where the Eagles keep putting them in third and longs, and the Bills keep converting. And this has been a problem all season. So, again, I'm going to call on your defensive expertise. What goes into that? Why can a, a defense that's generally pretty good and can generate pass pressure have such a hard time getting off the field on third down? Well, you know, it's, it's a combination of things. You know, uh, they're not doing a good job in their coverage, you know. And, again, it's communication. You know, uh, before, you know, when you're in a, a, a run situation, you got to talk about, you know, uh, what, what the line is going to do and, and, and the guys can't just be out of control just running up field because you're opening up a big lane for a guy that's very athletic, the quarterback that's, that's very athletic. Uh, they're not going to have that problem tomorrow. Uh, you know, with, with Josh Allen, you know, he's, he's, he's such a good athlete that you, you really don't want him running around in open space. So you can't just run up field too deep as a defensive end or you're just going to open up a huge lane. So you got to be, you know, uh, disciplined about mm-hmm. your, your pass rush. Now, with regards to the, uh, the coverage, uh, the big thing is you've got to know if you're in man-to-man, you've got to have somebody free. So chances are you've got to have somebody that's a robber or somebody in there who's watching the quarterback. That's his job. Because everybody else is turning their back when they're in man-to-man, and it really opens up things for athletic quarterbacks. 
But uh, with, with Purdy tomorrow, the big thing that they've got to do is they don't have to worry about him scrambling. They've got to get pressure on him and make him move. He doesn't like to move, and he's at his best when he's able to sit there in that pocket. So they've got to get pressure up the middle. Uh, hopefully you're able to get it from the defensive tackles. But if not, eventually you're going to have to blitz the linebacker up the middle. Make him move. When he moves, he's not as comfortable. When he's sitting in there comfortable, he's extremely accurate, and, and he, he reads what you're in, and so he's at his best then. But you want to get him moving, uh, maybe to his left, or you would rather to him to his left. Of course, as a right-hander, right. it's tougher for him to throw. Throw off the back. But right. You, you so want to get him off the spot. You want to get him off the spot. So you, you, you need uh, – I talked to uh, Jalen Carter. Jalen, man, give me some pressure up the gut. Make him move. Because when he moves, he's not the same quarterback. Well, gee, I couldn't agree with you more and for a couple of reasons. First of all, I just want you to know that when he talks about blitzing linebackers, do you know what linebacker holds the Eagles' record for sacks in the game? I'm going to guess it's Gary Cobe. <laughs> Close. <laughs> gee, you had four sacks against the Falcons in 86. I moved here, like, literally right after that, so I did not uh-huh. see that. But that's a hell of a game. Yeah, it was a pretty good game, but you know, uh, Buddy was a kind of a coach who, yeah, he'd let you if do you it. got, if you got there one time, you didn't even have to look over there to see what the call was next. He, yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna send you. So okay, he, uh, so benefit of that. But what I want to ask you about Saxon, it's a very personal question. I appreciate that you told Jalen Carter that he's got to get there and get to the quarterback. You're because, killing me here, G. Yeah. Uh, well, no. See, here's the thing. Mike and I have our stupid football bet this year, and the winner uh, gets to go gets to treat. The, no, uh-huh. the winner gets treated by the yes, other. Yes, gets me, treated. The at Ralph's <laughs> Italian Restaurant, we take our producers as well. And okay. here's the bet. And you tell us the, who's going to win this ultimately. Mike has sacks by Hassan Reddick. That's it. I have combined sacks by everybody who went to G- University of Georgia. Oh, boy. <laughs> by the way, Mike is currently up. I'm winning. Eight, eight and a half to yeah. seven and a half. So I have Carter, and I have Jordan Davis, and I have, please, tell me that the kid, Nolan, Nolan Smith. Smith, is going to start getting some pressure. Oh, boy. that's a, This is a tough bet. Man. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I and I have I uh, Kaylee Ringo for what that's Well, worth. he could be the difference well, maker. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, that, I, need, I need that blitz coming in. Well, well you know Hassan is going to get some, mm. but the whole thing is, uh, you know, how are these young kids going to come on? I, that's right. I'm sorry. I got to go with uh, Hassan, I, you know? Yeah. Thank yeah. you, G. Yeah, Thank rook, you. Rook, and they're going to hit the rookie wall, which you're going to do. Yeah. 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 He is well-motivated. Yeah. Look, G, I was not stupid here. I picked a well-motivated player who wants to get paid, who had That's 16 right. and a half sacks last season. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to – I feel good about my chances here. That's right. Now, now next year, you know, it probably would have been a good bet next year. All right. Well, but- thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. By the way, G Cobb, you should uh, read G. You follow him on Twitter at Gary Cobb. That's two R's in Gary. And uh, read the website, gcobb.com, which is always worthwhile. So, do you have any thoughts on why is it that they struggle so much in the first half? This is really the offense I'm talking about more, and really seem to figure it out in the second half. Well, you know, I'll tell you the last week, you know, from going back and looking at the tape. You know, Jalen just wasn't seeing things in, at the, in that first half. You know, I and I will give, you know, A.J. Brown a lot of credit. He didn't go over and get in his face and get riled up. You know, he was cool about it. But I know they had to really be frustrated, the receivers, because Jalen wasn't seeing it real well in the first half. But in the second half, you know, he just seemed to see everything a lot better because one thing that he does is when he pulls his head down to start the scramble, 
see he won't see anybody downfield. So he's got to give the guys time. Uh, that's why it's going to be a really challenge tomorrow because you, you got that pass rush. Mm-hmm. At, at the same time, he's got to keep his head up and give them time to get open. Then he goes into, into a scramble act. But you know, you got to give those guys a little time at first, and hopefully, you get pass rush protection to be able to give them time. So, gee, it sounds like you're saying that for all the complaining about Brian Johnson and his play calling in the first half, some of this is is on Hurts and and execution. Exactly, and at, at least last week, you know, I you know I'm seeing guys crown, and you know, uh, one of the guys who's a former you know great receiver for the Eagles, and we talked about it, and he was you know pointing it out that hey look these guys are open, look at that guy's open, this guy's open, and, and Jalen wasn't seeing them in the first half. Uh, in the second half, you know, of course he played great uh, with some of the plays he made. You know that throw to uh, Zacchaeus. It, you oh, know, beautiful. Yeah. Flowing to his left. That that is just big time, super. You know, I mean that's just great uh, MVP type of, of play because he really created the play, and then he was able to decipher during the play when he saw the back of the defensive back to put it up and give Zacchaeus a chance to make a play, and and the kid did. That former uh, great receiver for the Eagles you spoke with is he either a a broadcaster? Or, I cannot. Or, or I cannot. B <laughs> extremely I tall. One or the other. I, 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 I agree. Sworn. I got I it. I, I, I appreciate that your sources need to trust you and so on. That's right. All right. Uh, gee, listen, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you at the game tomorrow. Uh, read them on gcob.com. Follow them on Twitter at Gary2RsCobb. Be well, man. We'll see you at the game. Hey, thank you, you guys G. Take it easy. All, All right. right there have you a go. good one. There's G. Seemed confident. He did seem confident. I, I was interested in what he said about the disparity between the criticism that Brian Johnson's getting and the execution that yeah, Jalen Hurts that is, is interesting. providing in the first half. It's he's easier just, to – I'm sorry. No, he's just – he's not seeing guys who are open. It's easier to blame Brian Johnson. Yeah. Yes. We love Jalen Hurts. Brian Johnson's new. He's, well, he's right. not new. He's new to the job, and we don't really know him, so it's like let's blame the coach. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that Hurts was just interesting. Needs, needs to be better in the first half. Yeah, okay. I'll go with that. Yeah, I suppose. All right, let's uh, let's get the mouse here, and let's talk to Karen in Doylestown. Hi, Karen. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. All right. I just, Karen, you're I in that. Well, let, me, let me guess. You're in a restaurant? Car, maybe? No, I'm actually in a drive-thru, and I'll be done in a second. I apologize. Uh, that's um, so my credit, what, my what do you, question. What do you, what do you, with your credit? Yeah, what are you, what are you getting? What my we, credit card, Yum Yum Donuts in uh, Quaker Town. There you go. That's your oh, neck of the woods. That there. is. That's about 20, 25 minutes from where I live. They make great donuts. Incredible Doggy donuts. ever. And um, so I'm done there. Sorry about that. That's okay. So my question is, or statement is, um, thoughts on Zachers asking to be released from Arizona, and what do you think the chances are that come to the Eagles. All right, I'm going to put a number on it. Okay. And, and then you guys can – I think there's a 62.5% chance that Zach Ertz <laughs> will be an Eagle by the end of next week. I, I would go – Five-eighths. I, I would go higher than that. I'd go 75% chance. Ooh. Yeah. I think I think this is probably going to happen. Oh. Karen, guess, you must yeah. like this, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, – you know, with Goddard injured, and I question if he's going to be back as soon as he is with that fractured wrist and the lack of depth. I mean, I think it would be amazing. Yeah, I, I think it's, in a way, kind of a no-brainer sort of thing, Karen, where it's obviously a position of need. It's a player you're familiar with who is familiar with Philadelphia, who loves Philadelphia, who loves the organization. 
uh, it just seems to make too much sense. It really does, and I, I really hope it happens. And um, one other thing about the game tomorrow. Well, first of all, I don't normally go to games, unfortunately, and I paid a nice big price to go tomorrow with my son. Nice. Mm. Um, and I really think that the Eagles are going to be um, ticked off enough about the spread and not being picked to win. I hope they just use it as motivation and just kick their ass. Well, I, <laughs> first of all, how old's your son? He's uh, 22. Oh, okay. He's, okay. he's not a little guy. So this is not his no. first game. He's only been to one before, um, and it was the NFC Championship. I took him last year. Oh, well, he's off. He's <laughs> I got news. It may never get better than that one, but that's pretty good. Have a great time tomorrow. All right. Thanks, guys, for talking to me. Right, you got to carry enjoy Our it. Our pleasure. So you know those donuts? What's I know donut? those donuts. There's the yum, the yum, 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 yum donuts. donuts. There's one in Quakertown, and there's one in Warminster on Street Road, and they make tremendous donuts. They make great coffee. Oh, that's uh, important if you're yeah, going to make donuts. Darn right. Um, can't recommend them highly enough. I wish they were closer to where I lived. I'm not often driving past one of them. They're kind of 25 minutes in different directions. I feel like I haven't had a donut in like a year. No, we've had people bring us federal donuts, you know. When? Recently? I think, with, I think within the last several months. No. No? Nobody brought us federal donuts in the last several months. Somebody brought us Were donuts. you working with Jody that day? Could have been. <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, recall. Dan, has anybody brought us donuts that you've seen? Not, we've had a few. We've had I'm, a, not, I'm not begging for donuts here. I'm just. We've had a few caller drop-offs, but I don't know if it was one of the, within the last yeah, year. I, I, okay. I, and and I know it's like the oldest radio trick in the world. Like, you know, I really could go for a plate right, of ribs right, right now. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. By the way, the station is a 24. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm, I'm no, just, no. The talk about donuts just. Made me realize, like, I don't think I've had a donut in, like, way too long. Yeah, it's, uh... There's not a great donut place near where I live. That might be part of it. We have a few up where I live in Bucks County. There are a couple that are really, really good. Uh, and Yum Yum's one of them, but Yum Yum is a bit of a drive from where I'm at. By the way, I've heard of it before, but I still, every time I hear it, cannot believe that Street Road is a real place. Yeah, yeah. well... And it's yeah. it's... When I first moved here, it's like, well, it's on Street Road. It's like, wait, You ever hear the it... GPS say it? Turn on Street Road? You think it's glitching? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Takes it's a, a while very to get long. Used to. It's a very long road and a very long street, and they've got a lot of businesses on there. And I highly recommend Yum Yum Donuts. Street Road is in no street way road. named in any manner off of anybody in the John Street Milton Street family, right? Because no, it's not been as around long. Right. Yeah, okay. it's been around longer than that. Wonder how it got its name. People were not creative when they were <laughs> naming. They really streets. mailed that no, one I in. Yeah. I <laughs> in the Ben Salem Warminster. I'm guessing it's named after. Area. I'm guessing it's named after somebody. It might very well be. Otherwise, it's just stupid. <laughs> like, what are we going to I don't know. Street, it's so stupid we're, we're talking about. Now, I was going to say, it. we're spending an awful lot of well, time all, on all right, street hold names. On. I, I got to take a break in like 30 seconds. But here's if it's not named after somebody, and I'm guessing it is, here's how it happened. Well, what are we going to call it? Street? Road? It's like, yes. Yes. And then there you go. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. We're done. What a meeting that must Meeting's have been. Meeting's over. Yeah. Gavel. Done. Okay. Donuts for everybody. We're done uh, Okay. Um, 215, all of this chatter is certainly not uh, helping us get phone calls, but if you'd like to call, we'd love to talk to you about tomorrow's game. 215. We'll talk to you about donuts, too. 592. You know what? I would. Because yeah. I love donuts, and I feel like I haven't had a donut in a year, and it's, it's remiss on my part that Absolutely. I have not had a donut. Breakfast sandwiches, yes. Donuts, no. I've had a breakfast sandwich. 215-592-9494. Uh, coming up, I watched a really fun movie 
this uh, this last week on TV that I'm going to highly recommend. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Hey, I had a chance to catch up with the great people at Meridian Bank this week, along with one of their business banking customers. And I can tell you, over the years, I have met a lot of business owners who work with Meridian. Every time, I am just blown away at how highly they speak of Meridian Bank and their relationship. Knowing the team of people at Meridian, it's not a surprise. They're the preferred bank of businesses and entrepreneurs. Meridian itself, well, they're entrepreneurial. They know how to listen to great ideas and understand innovative thinking. Learn how Meridian Bank can help your business succeed at meridianbanker.com. Well, that is a a brief uh, smattering of scenes from the movie Quiz Lady, Mm. which is a comedy that I watched this week's on Fox Hulu. By the way, what we're watching is sponsored by Guided Draw and Window. Take advantage of Guida's big year-end sale. Receive 40% off all windows and doors until December 31st. Call 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit them at go, G-U-I-D-A.com. So, Quiz Lady is the name of it. Actually, when Angelo was here a couple weeks ago. He mentioned it, yeah. Because Angelo shockingly watches a lot of TV. Stunning. Yeah. I'm absolutely stunned. So, And he watched this and he recommended it. So, I didn't have time this week to like really get invested in any kind of series. But it, it, this is what I love. It's like an hour and a half, and they just don't make a lot of like 90 to 100-minute comedy movies anymore, and I miss those movies. I'm talking like Bridesmaids, uh, Mm -hmm. The Hangover, 40-Year-Old Virgin, those kind of movies. You just go and turn it on or go to the theater, and you have fun right for 90 minutes to two hours yep. and that's it it's like eating cotton candy it 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 is and i i mean what's the last comedy you really want a comedy movie you watched that you really enjoyed wow it's tough it's tough to think of yeah, one. Well, you got time yeah I'll, so I'll, give me to the end of the show yeah, that's fine this one works um and the the star of it is a woman named aquafina who i you and angela like oh yeah aquafina oh we know her <laughs> i like who is she well she's been she was a a I believe a YouTube star or some kind of viral ah, acting comedy sensation, and she parlayed that into big roles and big movies. She was in Crazy Rich Asians, right, which did very well. Mm-hmm. She was in Ocean's Eight alongside Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I missed that one, and was very good in it. She played a pickpocket, uh, and she's had series, and she's okay. pretty big time. Well, shame on me. Here she plays a mousy friendless 30-ish year old office drone whose only pleasure in wife is in life excuse me is watching a, a like a jeopardy like quiz show every night with with her flatulent pug linguini that's what the dog does he, he, that's what he adds and she's she's amazing at this show she knows every single answer to every single mm-hmm. question every night like, you know, you sit at home and you watch Jeopardy, and it's like, oh, baby, I know the... Yeah. She knows every answer, like every <laughs> single one. Um, also in it, Sandra Oh, who I think is a great actress, yes. plays her dysfunctional, delusional older sister. She's the wild one who's been through three marriages and five careers and now is living mm-hmm. out of the back of her car because it all fell apart. Turns out their mother has run up an $80,000 illegal gambling debt and has run away from her senior citizen home to Macau to escape the mob that wants the money. Oh, my gosh. This is the plot line. Okay. So guess, I'm in. <laughs> guess who has to pay off the debt? Aquafina. And the mousy one, right. And essentially, Sandra O oh kidnaps her younger sister, literally stuffs her in a car trunk, 
drives her to the show, the, the quiz show tryouts, which, by the way, are here in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. So you get, you know, like the great scenes of, like, oh, there's the Liberty Bell. And, and guess what? They show cheesesteaks. Of course they do. They show the smattering of the whiz on the cheese. Has to be done. The most cliche thing in. Right. They don't mention media. snowballs at Santa though, so I appreciate well, that. Well, yeah, that that's played out by now. Of course, she gets on the show, uh, and of course, she's got to fight her agoraphobia. Mm, this okay. is the one who never leaves home. She right. Just home and watches the game. Um, the host in the Alex Trebrecki kind of role is Will Ferrell. Perfect. He's. Great in this. Well, because he's reprising his role as Alex Trebek on Saturday Night Live. And, and I thought of that so much. <laughs> um, oh, Trebek. He, he's, got, he's, got, <laughs> he's got just the right approach. Uh, he's got humor and he's got empathy. And he's also got like the, the obliviousness that a star would have mm-hmm. to stuff. But he is terrific. There's a great scene uh, near the end of the two sisters who've never liked each other kind of... Um, bonding mike it's all very predictable and of course i'm not uh, it's a happy ending Mm -hmm. in the movie but it's a lot of fun and i enjoyed quiz show or quiz lady i should get the name right Uh, my wife enjoyed it your kids could watch it that's great to hear yeah i mean your kids are like 10 and how old are your kids 12 and 9 12 yeah they could watch it okay that's great they they, i think they would i think they would like it i mean certainly there's nothing objectionable in it Mm -hmm. um and it's fun so quiz lady on Hulu is something I recommend. It's not four stars, but it's just a really fun night. But And it's the kind of movie, as you said, Glenn, that used to be commonly made. Yeah. Right? You'd always have a comedy to go to. Right. You just, on a Thursday night even, hey, it's something, husband and wife, family, whoever Let's can go, go out and see that local it. cinema place. <laughs> and just enjoy yourself. It doesn't have to be a prestige TV series. It doesn't have to be... Oppenheimer for three hours right. trying to win an Oscar. Right. It can just or be. Or the stupid, like, Color of Water. Yeah. yeah. Like the Barcelona, like all these artsy. Artsy fartsy kind yeah, of movies. The only just... fartsy in this is the dog. Okay. <laughs> just go and enjoy yourself and laugh a little bit for 90 minutes. I can get behind that totally. Yeah. So watch it. Let me know what you think of it. Okay. And you have till the end of the show to, to think tell of a me comedy. the last comedy movie that you really liked. Boy, you mentioned Bridesmaids, and my wife and I yeah, you saw can't that steal in the that. theater. I, got, I said that, yeah. But, well, all right. I, Bridesmaids is off the table. 40-Year-Old Virgin is off the, the table. Hangover. Hangover. I said that. That's ah, off the table. That those might, the, but those are the two. Those are the ones I said. But you mentioned you the got two. the whole rest of movie dumb. All right. Wedding Crashers we saw in 2005, and that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's a long time ago. So the last movie... Last comedy you really liked was 18 years ago. I'm trying to think of one. I'm uh, sure I'm missing one that's completely obvious uh, oh, and it's yeah. just not occurring yeah, to you me. You got all the time you need. Anyway, all right. so watch watch Quiz Lady on Hulu. It's definitely worth it. Uh, Sean uh, in, you know, I thought it said Sean oh, yeah. Landetta. It says Sean in Limerick. Sean hey, Sean. Limerick. Yes. Hey, Sean. Uh, Sean, you with us? Sean. Uh, Sean's got other stuff going on. Let's put him on hold and go to Mike and Conchi. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? We're How good. You doing today? Hello, Michael. Yeah, I always always enjoy when you guys are on. Happy Thank you. Saturday Thanks. You. Um, you know, uh, this isn't really a new movie either, but Crazy Stupid Love is a pretty good one. If That's, you seen that, that is a good one. I have seen it, That's and I hilarious. enjoyed it. That is hilarious. Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling are great yeah. in that. Oh, oh, and that's, that's uh, probably last Five years? No, it's been longer, longer? than that. It's I think like eight, eight to ten years. Yep. Uh, there. Good yeah. call. That's, that's Good call, Mike. Uh, yeah. See, we'll see if we can even find more recent, but that's not a bad one. Yeah. 
You guys got me wanting donuts now after all that donut right? talk. I gotta, <laughs> trying to go to the gym in like 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, um, I, I was I, I was really in, uh, enjoying listening to G Cobb talking about um, you know Jalen off to that slow start, wasn't seeing things well mm-hmm. um, at the beginning, and yeah, I was kind of thinking that had to be had to be something with that. Um, just like you know, th- the first three on the first series, just three throwaways. You know, somebody had yeah. to be open. So, you know, somewhere. Oh God, the um, first but- the first series of downs were on the very first play. He goes back to pass, and you know, Jack Driscoll's the the, the backup, so he's got to play for Lane Johnson, having just learned that the day before, and he gets yeah. beat on. The, like, what was to me that was play calling. This, I don't. I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with G, but I would not have started the game with that series of downs. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the play. Maybe there was someone who was open, and Jalen didn't see it. I, I don't know. Got pressure pretty know. quick. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. So, so, so what I was thinking is just, I don't know, I just think back to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and how they, they had a lot of good, I thought, play designs that were, like, played to his strength and, like, trying to get the ball out quick. And I've seen it from this offense at times. But it seems like, like Jalen has strength, but he's not Tom Brady. Like, he's not going to sit back there and survey. I don't think he has, at least not yet, that level of vision. So – I just don't think having him drop back every time and try to survey for the open guy, I don't think that plays to his strengths all the time. And especially at the beginning of the game, I just think have something that's like a quick delivery, like even if it's like three, four, five yards, something just to, like if you're not going to run the ball on first. Down, I got like it. How about, how about you throw and, something to Swift? I would, yeah, they don't go. do yeah, that, and I don't, don't do that why. very much. No, I, I would say this, though, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy the gym and the donut. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I would say this, heading into the bye week, when Hertz was dealing with the bone bruise on his left knee, he was playing very well from the pocket. He was not running much. Yeah. He couldn't run much. Mm-hmm. You know, that game against Washington at FedEx Field where he kind of took that defense apart. Now, again, Washington's defense is not necessarily the 49ers defense. But he can play from the pocket. Having said that, I think there's merit to what Mike is saying that, hey, quicker throws, get the ball out of his hands. It takes a little heat off of Jack Driscoll if Jack Driscoll is out there again at right tackle on Sunday, and I don't think he's going to be, but it even takes some heat off of Lane Johnson if Lane Johnson isn't 100%. So I think you know Mike's on to something there with maybe trying something different at the start mm-hmm. rather than just having him drop back and I survey the field. I entirely agree. i got to get to this poor guy before the break. I'm the, I am not going to make this guy wait. John in Riverton. John, what's going on with you? I'm going to miss tomorrow's game, Glenn. You never miss a game. I know. 329 consecutive. This guy, game John Riverton, John from Riverton, excuse me, comes up to us to pregame show during the game, almost to check in because he has been to every home game for how many years? 40. 40 oh years. Oh, my gosh. Every, every miss, you're missing tomorrow? Yes. Well, go positive, ahead. What's up? Positive COVID test. Oh, man. Oh, man. It finally got to me. <clears throat> Mm. You were the Cal Ripken of Eagles games, John. I know. Ah, well. Well, here, the here's the thing: you start. Ne- uh, they don't play home for. They go to Dallas, and then they go to uh, Seattle. Seattle, and then they're home. Christmas. So you have until Christmas, and then you start the streak all over. Yeah. You got 40 years to go. I'm 68. Not a problem. You're, you're going to take the over or under on that one. I'm taking the over because <laughs> you know. You and I, pal, we'll both make it. But the good news is, is every game that I did miss before the streak started, they won. 
Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So if I miss yeah, tomorrow, 40... they probably will, they will win. So wait, 1983 is when your streak started. Yeah, the last game that I missed, I think when I, you know how they do uh, bonus yeah. coverage? Yes. Well, at 4 o'clock, they put the Eagles game on TV, and Ron Jaworski threw a pass to Tony Woodruff. I think that was the receiver's name for the game-winning touchdown against, I guess it was the L.A. Rams. Mm-hmm. Would have been, yeah, at that time. Wow. Listen, man, yeah, I, I feel so Rams. bad for you because, again, he, he, it's like I always – you always kind of give us the nod and the handshake and we know you're there and that you've been there forever. Ah, it's a bummer. Yeah. But you'll watch on TV. How you, how you feeling, by the way? Um, I'm feeling better now. Like, I, I took the COVID test yesterday. We called the doctor up right away. Yeah. And it was like the, the COVID thing is like there's somebody like jumping on your chest. Yeah, so I can I can breathe again now. Good. I'm about two thirds. No, I'm three doses into ten dosage. Okay. Protocol. Yeah. So, the, so uh, I should, I'll, what's I'll the be name? good for Christmas. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Hang, hang in there, so John. I'll see, I'll see you then. All right. We'll see you at that game. There you have it. That's a rough. That stinks. Last man. missed a game in the Reagan administration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, holy hell! The first. <laughs> the he hasn't first missed Reagan a game. administration. He hasn't missed yes. a game since Iran Contra. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Not sure that he uses that as a benchmark. <laughs> no. But, but there you go. Ah, bummer. Uh, anyway, I appreciate that he checked in. 215-592-9494. We got our Cooper.com. We got some interesting things to check in with him, uh, including Zach Ertz. We'll talk yep. more about that. We want to hear from you. Big guest at noon, your pal. Connor Orr from Sports Illustrated. Not a bot, a real NFL human being well, and, and a reporter. And a guy who covers the league, yes. right? So yep. we, we get – he's not San Francisco. He's not Philadelphia. We'll kind of get that view of this yep, thing. Yep, absolutely. He'll have a nice big picture too. Looking forward to that. And talking to you, 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now. Hey, is your home in need of new windows and doors, but you've decided to brave through one more cold season before making the plunge? Let me tell you why acting now is not only going to keep your family feeling warm all winter long and lower your high heating bills, it's also going to save you big bucks with the big end-of-the-year sale from the great people at Guida Door and Window. Guida is bringing back their biggest discounts of the year. Receive 40% off each window you buy. Yep, 40% off every professionally installed window. You'll also receive 40% off any door, including entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And don't worry about touching your holiday money because Guida will start your project with no money down and allow you to pay it off interest-free for up to 12 months. If you need new windows and doors, you need to go Guida right now. Take advantage of these huge savings. All prior sales excluded. Offer expires December 31st. So call Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Well, that was an historic moment, at least for now, because it was the last touchdown pass that Zach Ertz caught as a Philadelphia Eagle, week 6, 2021, before they traded him to Arizona. Now he sought and received his release from the mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals. He is a free agent, as it were. There's thoughts the Eagles would sign him, but, of course, he's got an injury history that we want to discuss with our Cooper doc, Dr. David Gelt. How are you today, Doc? Pretty good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing, doing awesome, Doc. Just fine. So here's the deal. Zach Ertz had ACL surgery last November. He came back this season, but in the seventh game this season, October 22nd, he sustained a quad injury, which put him on the IR. I, I, you know, I always preface this with like you're not looking at his X-rays and MRIs, but ACL surgery last year, quad injury this year. He's 36. Where the the town is clamoring for him to come back. Fair expectation that he's going to be able to perform. 
Uh, I mean, the quad injury is, a, as we talked about in the past, it's a soft tissue injury, and you know, it depends on how bad and sever- the severity of it. Um, just takes time to heal and it as well, and you can push through it and you start doing some agility drills and you don't have any issues and you can keep going. Um, you know, it was put on injury reserve, so obviously it was at least you know four to six weeks and then some. So you had time to heal for that. Um, you know, did you have a little weakness of the quad before because of the ACL recently that you had within the last year? And that's a possibility, but a lot of times it just could have been a, you know, it could have been a contusion or a, you know, just a, a separate issue, and it just happens that way for some reason. But hopefully, if he's doing well and he cleared him and he's able to participate, then we can have him uh, play at least for a few plays. Okay, so it, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, even for a 36-year-old tight end. No, I mean, anytime you get older. Uh, Injuries take longer to heal, as we all know. Um, but you know, the ACL surgeries have, have been great, and people do well within you know nine to twelve months. You're you're really back to almost normal if you if you have all the strength. And then obviously you had more time off with the quad, so you can really rehab that as well. So um, I'm hoping that he, you know if he's you know 75, 80 percent, and then some, we can hopefully use him. All right, we want to ask you about something else. And by the way, we yeah. are we are excited about the prospect prospect of him back. Um, sure. And this is really more of a question probably for an athletic trainer than you, but we trust your judgment on this. You saw the game last Speak week. Speak for yourself. I don't trust this guy. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> the Eagles played against the Bills, uh, which they won in overtime. The Eagles defense was on the field for 95 plays. I mean, typical in a game is what, 60, 65? Yeah, right? about That's, that. Okay. So, and there are guys um, who played all of those plays, most of those guys in the secondary, but those big linemen, those 300-pounders are playing 70, 75, 80 plays. They got a rebound this week. How tough is that? I mean, we're, we're talking young men, you know, 27 to 30 years old, but still, how tough is it to, to quickly come back from that? Yeah, I mean, uh, 95 plays is, is exhausting for especially you know, being such a big guy and, you know, you're using so many calories and you're getting dehydrated. So, you know, it does definitely take a toll on the body and, you know, hopefully – with medical staff and nutrition, dietitian, everybody's doing well with that, and you know, hopefully they'll recover so they'll be back to playing well for Sunday. They win this game, the trainer gets a game ball. Darn right. Or the whole, yeah. That whole staff, they they get the game they're gonna balls. Need, they're going to need oxygen on the sideline. Yeah. He was he was booking on that one play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jordan straight. Davis. Yeah. That is, that's a yeah. highlight play, just watching. That was amazing. It was he can like, run. He can sing. It was like being chased by a semi. Uh, anything else on your mind, Doc? We always like to hear what you're thinking about. Uh, so I did see over the Thanksgiving holiday, I uh, took my kids, uh, Mike, you made it because they're, I think they're sort of the same, the similar ages. So we went to see Wish, uh, the oh, Disney okay. movie. Yeah. Um, it was nice. It's cute. You know, uh, it's, it's about an hour and a half. So it's, I know you guys are talking about movies that are an hour and a half. So it was nice to do that, but, uh, had some, uh, some funny lines for adults and, you know, but, uh, something if you the kids really want yeah, to do something we good. we haven't seen it and i feel like the disney pixar stream of movies has not been as strong in the last few years uh as it once was you know kind of gone to the days of mm. finding nemo and cars yes. and uh they're not quite what they used to be no i definitely it's not up that way at uh, that level but uh if you have you know two hours to to use up and you want to like, go to a movie and get away for a while it's, it's a good thing so it's called wish Wish, yeah. And it is. I mean, this is because I remember taking my kids to movies when they were kids. And there's some movies that, as a parent, you're thinking like, oh, God. When is yeah. This? But this is not one where you're just, like, praying for it to be over. No, no, it's not bad. And they actually have a lot of references from other old 
other Disney movies, so you can think about doing yeah, that and yeah. make sure they go by. Doc, always a pleasure. Have a great week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Right, thank you very Thanks, much. Sir. Thanks, Doc. All right. Zach Ertz, we kind of covered it before, but we're both in favor. Yes, absolutely. You know, assuming passes the physical, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, expectations are when Goddard comes back, he's a backup, but you can put them both on the field at the same time. He can still catch a pass. He caught 27 passes in whatever, seven or eight games for them. Not a lot of yards, but he's catching passes. No, and he's got a better quarterback with the Eagles than he did with Arizona. Very true. So, And, and you, you brought up what I think is a huge point, which is his presence in the locker room. Just another solid – Locker room guy uh, who's going to understand his role. Uh, he's going to fit in. He's not going to make noise. He's at the stage of his career where he can do what he did, which is say, you know what? I don't want to play for a lousy Arizona team that's rebuilding. I want to go somewhere else where I'm more comfortable. I'll understand my role, and I'll help a team you know, in five or ten plays. And the Eagles are the perfect setup for that. So I've told you before how I have my Super Bowl beer glass. Yes, Right? It's got the score on one side and the logo, and then it's got all of the players on the roster. And every time somebody leaves, like last week, that one gets cut, yep. Derek Barnett, I see, all right, how many survivors? There's six players now, just six players on the Eagles now who are on that Super Bowl team. Hello. Could be up to seven. Could be back to seven. That- I'm going to have to crack open a beer. <laughs> I'm actually. I use you- that glass anytime it's pertinent. If you think about it, Glenn, it's. In a way, surprising that there are that many left, because an NFL career is really short. Yeah, is really short, and it's been. It's well, been it's it's the core four if we yeah. can steal from the Yankees, right? The core four, the long snapper and the kicker. Yeah. So, you know, the long snapper is the one I would not have bet on. No, how bad it, Rick Lovato, man. Yeah. He is, <laughs> he is everlasting. And you know what's funny is I think if you ask the average person who was the Eagles' long snapper in the Super Bowl, they're not going to say his name. No, they, they wouldn't know. Well, they're going to think it was John Dorenbos. Oh, that's a good point, yes. Because he was here, for, and that was the year he, the poor guy, that's the year he left. Yeah, that's they right. Gave him, they gave him the ring. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, uh, we're sneaking a call here before okay. the break. Andre out in Phoenix. Hey, Andre. What's up, guys? How you doing? We're all we're right. great, Andre. Thanks for calling. Man, I finally got through. Been calling a heck of times, and sometimes I get caught in the middle. But how you, how you guys doing? We got you. We're great, man. How are you? Good, good. I just got like a, a question for you guys, and maybe some two stats, kind of pump you guys up for this game. Mm-hmm. Go. So, first question: What do you guys think about Shaq Leonard? Do you think his chances of coming to Philly, or do you think he'll lean toward Dallas? You know, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to Shaq or any of his people. Um, it sure seems like teams are hesitant. Uh, based on his injury history, um, you know he keeps making these visits, and uh, maybe he's gonna. This all comes down to his decision, and he's deciding where he's got to go. But I don't know. Well, he went to Dallas, and and Jerry Jones, because he can't keep a secret, signaled that he's interested. Yeah, he's he, has he come here or he's coming here? I think he's coming here this week. No, he did come. He did. That's he did. right. Yeah, That's right. Come. That's right. Because come. the coach talked about uh, talking to him, but not yeah. pressuring him. He if he if he has any degree of leverage, he has it right now because the Eagles are playing the Cowboys next week, and he probably is going to play for one team or the other. Right. So I will tell you, I'm a little more optimistic than Mike. I think there's a good chance it happens, but don't make your expectations too high. Hey, well, fingers crossed, guys. There that's, you go. That's mm-hmm. one of the areas that we're struggling as a linebacker. Yep. That's why I had to throw that question out there. And then a stat for you guys: since 2017, we are three for four. Against the Niners. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, I don't know if you guys seen it. You know, obviously, uh, Jalen's got that 13 
winning streak, but I also seen it say he's the it's the longest streak by a QB over the last seventy three years. I thought that was a pretty cool stat. To, it's it's pretty amazing. It, it is. Thanks, Andre. Be well stat. out there. Thanks, Andre. Yeah, it, it is. And look, if the Eagles are going to win this game, Glenn, and we've talked about it during the show, there are certain things that are going to have to happen. We talked about pressuring Brock Purdy. G. Cobb mentioned that. I think a lot of this game is going to come down to Hurts, too. That if he has a kind of MVP caliber, superhuman effort, that he can make up for some of the shortcomings that the Eagles have and some of the advantages the 49ers might have. Showcase game. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's a national game where, I mean, I, I really think he's the kind of guy who MVP is not at the top of his list of priorities. No. Winning the Super Bowl is at the top of the list of our priorities. Nonetheless, this is the opportunity where the world will be looking at you in this big game, and if you're the star, it will certainly help you there. It's really interesting, Mike. See this piece of paper. Oh, there it is. Well, it's, but it's not it's not filled out as you no, can see. I can see. There's I, nothing I, written I remain on it. indecisive, and it's we're less than an hour. I know. I you better, to you gotta make a call here. The exact final score of the game, which by the way, I was very close last week. Very you were. Close. Yeah. Is that the twelve thirty five read again this week? Yeah. <laughs> yes, don't let me throw it out. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. For people who are not, so we I get the ads that I have to read, and they're on a piece of paper. That was the folded piece of paper, which then disappeared when yes. I had to read it. So you crumpled it up and Thank threw you. it away. Yeah, okay. We'll we'll keep that one handy. Good, good work. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. If you're on hold, stick around. We'll get you. But coming up, we're going to talk to Connor or of Sports Illustrated. Get kind of a national viewpoint on it. With Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Mack. Now on ninety four WIP. You promised me Broadway was waiting for me You were handsome You were pretty queen of New York City When, when the band finished playing They held up for more Well, that, uh, that's the Pope, And uh, we started with that for a couple of reasons First of all, it's one of the great Christmas songs there is Which is uh, Christmas in New York uh, covered most recently by Jason and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, with a Philly flavor to it. Yeah, which is great. And also because the uh, the lead singer and uh, songwriter for the Pokes, Shane McGowan, passed away this week. And when I looked at uh, the Twitter timeline for Connor Orr, I discovered he was a Shane McGowan fan. Yep. So let's start with this, Connor. Great taste by you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's a sad day. We've lost... Um... Between Shane McGowan and uh, and Robert Hunter, who wrote all the Grateful Dead lyrics, this has been a tough year for uh, losing some great musical poets of our time. We should, uh, you know, and it, it, his canon goes so far beyond Fairy Tale of New York. So I was glad to see a lot of people celebrating kind of the the breadth of it and him getting a lot of the credit that he deserves. It. Connor Orr is senior uh, writer for Sports Illustrated, where he covers the NFL. Also co-host of Monday Morning Quarterback podcast. Has been uh, covering the NFL for uh, more than a decade, including crossing over some time with you, right? Were you we, your we Jets, were on, uh, yeah, we were on the Jets beat together back in 2012. Purgatory. In 2013, we covered the entirety of Tim Tebow's career in New York. Mm. Uh, we were both there for the butt fumble. I know that's a Connor considers that a red letter on his resume as a football <laughs> writer. Um, so, Connor, let's let's go big picture here first. Uh, your initial thoughts that leap to mind when you look at Eagles 49ers, the ramifications of it, the matchup. What what do you think of first? Personally, I think it's it's really big for two people in particular. I would look at Sean Desai and I would look at Brian Johnson because 
here are your two sort of greener coordinators, and you're in a matchup where I feel like the executives have kind of maxed out their potential in terms of these rosters or have come pretty close. The head coaches are established, and you have these two coordinators who have done a really good job at almost replicating the success of last year. But now you're facing arguably the best offensive mind in football and a really aggressive defense um, that upgraded its pass rush. So I, I think this is just, you know, the Eagles have been battle testing themselves for weeks now with this impossible sort of stretch where they faced all these great coaches. But I think here is probably your almost your intellectual Super Bowl preview for a lot of the staff. Connor, is there a sense that the Eagles have been somewhat fortuitous or lucky? Because I hear that from people, well, even inside Philadelphia, but I certainly hear that from people outside of Philadelphia. Well, so we ragged on the Cardinals for this two years ago, and it turned out to be right, where, you know, the quote-unquote luckiest teams, when you look at, like, things like luck-adjusted point differential, like how many fumbles go your way, all that stuff, like the Cardinals that year that they made the playoffs and got blown out by the Rams were incredibly lucky. They were wrong to extend their GM and their head coach, and then they had a terrible season. Last year, we made fun of the Vikings for this all year, and then we didn't really realize that I think part of that mentality or that finesse or that grittiness, whatever you want to call it, was actually their calling card as a team, and they replicated it this year to the point where they might fall into the playoffs with like a third-string quarterback. So for me, I've kind of learned that you have to take it as it goes a little bit, you know what I mean? And I think with the Eagles, I I feel like it's trended more towards a a grittiness that is at the core of this team rather than, oh, wow, they're just getting a lot of calls and fumbles. Is there another gear do you think that this team can go to, Connor, or are we seeing in a weird way with all these close games the best of who the Eagles are? Uh, One of the things that – a point I've heard made is that, you know, when you look at the 49ers, you've seen them blow out – other opponents, including the Cowboys. When you look at the Cowboys, you've seen them blow out other opponents. You haven't seen that with the Eagles. Do you think there is another level this team can get to? Or as you kind of just hinted, maybe this is just who they are. They're going to be gritty and gutty and uh, scratch with their fingernails to win these games. Oh, for sure. I think that there's another level that this team can get to. And I honestly think one of the best things for them might be getting blown out by the 49ers. I mean, Easy now. One of the best Relax. <laughs> Stop that. Don't do that. One of the best things for the 49ers was going on that three-game losing streak and seeing the limitations of what they were able to do just with Christian McCaffrey sort of levitating over people, you know? And there was no doubt that Kyle Shanahan did an extreme amount of self-scouting during that bye, and you've seen them come out. And, yes, they're healthier for sure, but – I do think that there's some points that are certainly being left on the board. I mean, I know a lot is being made at the slow start. You know, A.J. Brown coming in and out of games, all that kind of stuff. That's rectifiable, but as a coaching staff, you kind of need to be punished for it first. And I think that, you know, even in a loss this weekend, I do think that there's some value in that if that's the case. It's a very interesting perspective, which will be shared uh, today by nobody in Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) However... If they lose on Monday, I think everybody in Philadelphia will then agree with you. So we'll see how that plays out. But I I understand the point there. Uh, Connor, how is Jalen Hurts perceived around the league? We, you know, get very hung up on what we think about him. But how do people around the league feel about him? I'm of the point of mind that you, like, to me, there's Patrick Mahomes and then kind of everybody else. And, you know, you either have this, alien quarterback that 
you can build an entire team around and, and all the planets sort of float in his orbit, or you have really unique guys and you have smart people who can build game plans around unique guys. And all these guys have their defaults and their deficiencies. And I think one of the greatest things that Shane Steichen did was really understand Jalen Hurts as a quarterback and built something around him, and that's kind of being continued on. I mean, you look at some of the things that they do for him pre-snap, that are allowing him to play confidently that maybe even weren't happening at Alabama, right? And so all of a sudden you have this guy who maybe wouldn't have succeeded in a traditional sense and is now in a place of comfort. We're doing that all across the NFL. People are talking about kind of a lack of great quarterback play, but I think it's more we just have a, a larger middle class. And Jalen Hurts, I think, is kind of on the upper edge of that middle class, quarterback middle class tier. I mean, is he top 10? Sure, yeah, but what is – top 10 right now when I think it's one and then a big space and mm. then you start counting down from there you know we're talking to Connor Orr senior writer for Sports Illustrated has been covering the NFL for more than a decade so Connor where does Brock Purdy fall on that continuum is he entirely a product of Shanahan's offense and scheme uh, or is there something some quality that he possesses that allows him to thrive in the way that he has I think he thrives because, you know, and one of the coolest things that I think that people were telling me about him after the draft and after all this happened was he's making people rethink what they value, right? He he had a ton of reps in college, and so every scout is telling themselves, well, I think he's maxed out in terms of ability because I see so much of his sample size without considering the fact that he could get a lot better physically because all these college programs have no quarterback specific strength training or skills training Brock Purdy was lifting like a fullback at Iowa State his quads were like three times the size of what you would want a quarterback to have and so all of a sudden the kid gets in a quarterback specific weight training program and throwing program and then all of these reps that the scouts thought were a knock on him turn out to be this massive library of experience and then you get thrown into an NFL game and you're really good right away because you have good players and so I think that that's really what I think of him. It's like, are you a product of the system? Maybe a little bit, but you're also a quarterback with a lot of miles in the best possible way, and you're getting better physically. If you could have one of those two quarterbacks for the next five years, who would you take? I would take Jalen because I still think, I think in five years, if you can't run at all, like that will be a prerequisite for the position. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, and I'm not saying Brock Purdy's not athletic. I think he's athletic. No, he's but, not a running quarterback. Yeah, There's right. No. And 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 I don't want to also mislabel Jalen as a running quarterback, but he's a quarterback with an ability to run. And I yep. think if you can't change the math, and you know basically make yourselves 11 on 10, you know you're not going to be able to succeed anymore in the NFL. And so I, I would take Jalen by, by virtue of that. The 49ers have in McCaffrey and Kittle two players who can obviously exploit what has looked to be the weakness of the Eagles' defense all season, Connor, which is that middle. They're linebackers, they're slot corners. Um, The middle of that defense has been soft. Um, If you're coaching the Eagles, if you're Sean Desai, who you mentioned earlier, what are you trying to do to counteract what McCaffrey and Kittle in particular can do? You know, it's so hard because what I'll say is, you know, and then every coach will roll their eyes if they hear this and be like, well, yeah, I've been trying that, you know, but it's what the 49ers do so well is they have personnel that they put on the field that basically either forces you to be in a base defense and then they're going to pass a lot or in a nickel and then they're going to run a lot. And so, you know, my, my best 
piece of advice would be, you know, something that would start three or four years ago, which is draft more versatile players, you know, who can mm-hmm. play linebacker and cover really well or, you know, covet those players. And I do think the Eagles have some of them, but I think the 49ers have just overloaded to the point where, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would be really – I would. I think it's unfair to make this an indictment on a defensive coordinator in this one little snapshot because they've just done such a good job of understanding the NFL from an economic perspective. They exploited it, and now there's really no – you can't make up that differential, right? And you can try, and you can try to score with them, but they're just kind of like winning the NFL from an economic standpoint. Okay, right now. so so follow up on that, I guess, kind of. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're, by the way, I'm sorry, we're talking to Connor Orr, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter at Connor, C-O-N-O-R. Oh, your parents did you a favor there. C-O- <laughs> <laughs> spell, spell your name every time you got to do it. C-O-N-O-R, <laughs> last name O-R-R. That's the easy part. Um, your colleague Albert Breer, in his notes this week, talked about Shaq Leonard and what he may have left, and there is a thought that the Eagles may sign him this coming week. What do you think he has left, and do you think it would be a wise move for the Eagles to try to sign him? Uh, I mean, I think you have to, and the Eagles are one of the few teams where I could be like, yeah, sure, because you have a really good leadership structure, and you have something that you know few teams actually you know, a lot of teams think they have, but few teams actually have, which is an ability to kind of take guys in. I mean, Jason Kelsey was telling me this last year on the way to the Super Bowl, like, we could bring in anybody, pretty much, and get him on board and get him going. And I'm not saying that there's any particular issues with Shaq, but I am saying that a team that's in the playoffs right now cut, you know, one of their best players. And so, you know, you just have to be 100% certain that there's a schematic fit, there's a personality fit, you know, everything works there. And I do think the Eagles are probably one of the few teams that can do that. Connor, last one from me. Glenn asked you a minute ago about the perception of Jalen Hurts around the NFL. What is the perception of Nick Sirianni, both from a coaching ability and results-based evaluation and also from a personality, yapping at fans, attitudinal perspective? I think it depends on where you go in the country, right? Like, so I live in New Jersey now, and so – Nick Sirianni makes a lot of sense to me. Um, when I go home to, like, rural northeastern Pennsylvania, Nick Sirianni you know, never thinks he's kind of a jerk. But I was like, you know, uh, I think you have – like, he has perfectly blurred the lines between those two things. I think he's endearing. I think he's very funny. I think that everything that you read about the guy in terms of what he believes in, his personality – I mean, uh, shout out to Zach Berman, who did that great story about him working through the player who had a family member with cancer the other day. Like, all of that kind of stuff, I think, is really important and showcases kind of his emotional intelligence. And, you know, and from there, I mean, I, I really think that's the bottom line with coaches right now. Like, if you have a high emotional intelligence rating, you're going to have a more successful team. And I think that he's certainly leaned into it at the right time and in the right way. Jeffrey Lurie talking about emotional intelligence when he moved on from Chip Kelly. Yeah. I think those are the words, exact that was words a, it he used. was the exact term he used yeah. to hire Doug Peterson. Yes, yes, I think that's true. All right, last one for me then, uh, and it's not about the Eagles, but I saw you wrote a piece the other day that said the Jets have to bring back Aaron Rodgers before the end of the season. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> um, so in there, we had a caveat that said, you know, I, I, would, I would say this. Like, when these players are measured, right, for example, if you hurt your Achilles, you're going you're gonna to have a, a force load 
measured on your calf strength. So let's say that there is an acceptable range of measurement that he can put on this machine for calf strength. If he hits that, even if it's on the low end, if you're the Jets, you need to see him on the field because if you plan your offseason the way that you planned this one and you don't answer any of the quarterback depth issues, if you don't answer any of kind of the big holistic issues with this team and you go on living this fantasy of this 40-year-old quarterback is going to take you to the Super Bowl and he's going to be fine, you're, you're going to embarrass yourself. And I think that there's something to the idea of you need to build a little momentum, even if it's just for two games to show everybody, like, okay. And, you know, yeah, is his Achilles going to be stronger next year uh, in July? Yes. But if it's in an acceptable range now, I would like to see how good he is before I draft, before I hit free agency, before I do all these things that can really impact the, the entirety of my roster for a very long time. Trying to save the coach's job over there. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say it's probably the opposite, right? I mean, for them, it's like, yeah, no, let's go all in no matter what. They have to win, yeah. you know? But yeah. if you're Woody Johnson, you want that team to be good in 2025, too, and they're not going to be if you, you know, just continue kind of operating the way that you're operating now. Yeah, well, it's been decades of that. That's Connor, true. Connor Orr, it was a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. All right. Thanks, guys. All See right, you, Mike. There. See you, Connor. There you go. I liked him. He's very I've never spoken to him before. I liked him. Very good, very sharp. Yeah. Uh, a terrific reporter. Yeah. Uh, got to see him work up close years ago. Uh, really smart guy. And, uh, yeah, that was terrific. It was yeah. really good. Let's have him back. All right. Let's get Josh in California. He's been hanging a long time, and it's California. Where are you out in California? I, right now I'm in Thousand Oaks about to coach for FIFA. Ah. All right. Wow. Good luck. Yes, sir. Uh, well, thank you very much, Glenn. First and foremost, um, I would say close to 20 years now I've listened to you and Ray. Um, I'm now 38, and you guys are absolutely amazing. So God bless you both. And uh, Mike, those uh, tough shoes to fill there, bud. Yeah, um, but uh, Glenn's but made it very easy. Job. Thanks. Glenn's made it very easy, and, uh, you know, Ray gave his blessing like he was, you know, Pope Francis, so that, that made it easier. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, but right before I get to the Eagles, I just wanted to say, yum, yum. I, I grew up in Telford, uh, Pennsylvania. So yum, yum, you know, Quaker town, it's about 15 minutes away. This is killing uh, yeah. I learned, there's another I learned one in, La- there's another one in Lansdale too, in Colmar. So uh, yeah. they're all over the place. They're, they're not all over the place cause they're not near where I am. <laughs> so they're, they're all over the place except Havertown, but there you go. What are you um, thinking now? Uh, well, you know what? I have to deal with these Niner fans all year mm-hmm. and listen to everybody this week. Uh, listen to G Cobb. It was great to listen to him. Um, and uh, just all the voices and different things. And what I, I think it comes down to is if you think about the potential of the Eagles offense and you think about the defensive line that we have, um, I think we measure up much more than people realize, and I really think it's going to be 34, 24 birds. Um, I just think we're going to have a complete game, and we're going to show the world finally that we deserve to be on top. Well, and thank you, and thanks for the kind words, and, yep. and good thank luck you, coaching Josh. today. I mean, there is the—I don't even think it's the argument—the the sense, the hope, the belief that knowing how much talent they have at all these positions, that they're going to have that game where they put it all together. And when they do, whoever they're playing, they're good enough to blow out. Yeah. Could it be tomorrow? 
Could be. Hold on, let me just see. What is the folded piece folded of piece paper? Folded piece of paper still ambivalent. Oh my gosh. Still up in the air. Yeah. Well, the folded piece of paper better make a decision before uh, twelve fifty eight is all I'm piece saying. Of paper's got yeah, about a half an hour. All right. Get on it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now. Hey, now we next uh, segment. Let's talk. We we were at a, an event together mm-hmm. this this week that was just uh, really great. We want to talk about that a little. Sounds bit. good. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with my friends from Meridian Bank this week, along with their business banking customers. And you know, over the years, I've met several business owners they work with, and every time I'm just blown away at how highly they speak of Meridian Bank and their relationship. Knowing the team of Meridian. It's no surprise they're the preferred bank of businesses and entrepreneurs. See, Meridian itself, they're entrepreneurial. They know how to listen to great ideas and understand innovative thinking. Learn how Meridian Bank can help your business succeed at meridianbanker.com. Mike Sealski, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. Uh, Go Birds Radio, James and Elliot coming up at 2, at 1. Excuse me, I know I keep saying 2, 1 o'clock today. We're only on until 1, not 2. Thank goodness, because I have a go. party to get to. Oh, yeah, that's right. you got a whole family gathering. My, my wife's extended family is in town for the weekend, and we're all going to be hanging out. And there you go. Big touch football game in the backyard? No, big hanging out in the in the kitchen in the living room and drinking bourbon and uh-huh. eating hors d'oeuvres. Not and bad. Not bad. There you go. Yeah, that's worst good. ways to spend a Saturday. Yeah, okay. How about you? I will be... <laughs> I, uh, I am... So you know I'm involved with the Players Club of Swathmore. Yes. By the way, everybody should come and see Young Frankenstein December 15th through 30th at the Players Club of Swathmore. For tickets, go to pcstheater.org. I am in it, which is why I'm growing this beard. But y- Yeah. You, you've got a big part. You've got one I of the most memorable part. parts. i got a fun part. Is and it, uh, I'm going to see the show on the 28th. I, pre- I appreciate that. Anyway, right. come and see it. But now, but I have somehow wangled my way onto the Board of Governors for the Players Club ah, of Swathmore. Ah, okay. Which do never, never... Get I don't on sit a, on boards. Don't no, sit on boards. There's no boards in my anyway. In my so life. I have a four-hour uh, oh my gosh uh, um, virtual meeting today. Uh, although it's kind of interesting, of all of the people who want to direct shows next year, making their pitch to direct shows next year. Oh gosh! So it's like I want to direct this play and so on. So I, that's, I don't want That's wanna, not hideous. And anything that lasts four hours yeah, and doesn't involve tailgating, I'm not into. Yeah. Forget it. So I got that's that's what I got today. Uh, tomorrow we got the pregame show, which mm. we're looking forward to. Uh, starts at one o'clock with countdown to kickoff. I'll be there with Ross Tucker and Dave Spadaro. Then at two o'clock, we got the whole gang: Ike and Hugh and Rube and Elliot. And I know I'm leaving somebody out. We get checking with Merrill Howard Eskins in for a segment. Everybody joins us, and the big deal tomorrow. I cannot leave this out. Sean Jackson, yeah, is going to be there. He is retiring as an Eagle. He is the honorary captain, and he's going to be joining us. You know what? Well, we get the next call. I'll look up what time so people can. The whole okay. retirement tour this week. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's yeah. there. He's there. He's on the world you tour. You know what? Make the most of it. Enjoy it. He deserves it. Yeah. Ryan in Mount Laurel. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. What's up, Ryan? Nothing much, nothing much. Uh, I, honestly, I can make points on all four teams, but even if you know, Well, start, we start fast start and tell hard. us what you got. Uh oh. Oh no. Ryan's in a dead spot. We got right now. Um, but instead of last year looking like the 07 Patriots and destroying every team, we weren't when gritty, smart with second half comebacks, learning how to adjust, making this 
coaching staff, the adjustment bureau, uh, having Jalen learn how to play from behind, how to make smart plays, because he's not a great quarterback. This is athleticism, but because of his intelligence for the game, that's where it's okay. He, he combines so, it all together. So what, what's your What's your take on tomorrow, Ryan? Tomorrow, uh, honestly, I would sit Fletcher Cox. You would sit Fletcher just, Cox? I think it's. I think yes, it's I would, just I, because I, I, I want him for, stay for the playoffs. That groin injury is a really tricky one to deal with. That's Lane Johnson. I know Lane John, is a different monster. Yeah, uh, no, Lane. Lane's, Lane's the, one. the one with the groin injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sitting anybody tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's a really important game. Yeah, you got to play. I'm not resting anybody for the playoffs tomorrow. Deshaun Jackson, 3:15 on the pregame show there tomorrow go. is going to be joining us. So stay tuned for that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Joe, others. We'll get to you guys in a couple minutes, but a couple things. We want to talk about, and and one is, first of all, uh, I want to thank you, and I want to thank everybody else who came out on Wednesday night to Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in um, Bridgeport for the release, our party with the release of uh, Jonesy Hockey Lager, uh, the charity beer that Conchac and Brewing Company is doing to benefit Flyers charities. It was an amazing crowd, Mike, of more than 300 people came out and to me, the key, we had a bunch of former Flyers there from, like, the original Bullies mm-hmm. up through John LeClaire and, and, and more recent guys. We had a lot of our WIP colleagues there. Angelo was there. Jody was there. I appreciate that. But to me, the, my takeaway um, was just how, how really – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Personal and fan-friendly Keith Jones – Danny Briere, who's the GM now, and Dan Hilferty, who's the head of all of Comcast, the mm-hmm. people who now run the Flyers, how they were. They spoke with everybody. They wandered around the crowd. They really seemed to enjoy it. And if if one of the goals, and you and I talked about this the other day, I don't know that they're going to make the right trades and draft the right guys. I don't know. But if one of the goals is to reinvigorate an alienated fan base by reaching out to them, they're doing that really well. One of the things that I think professional sports franchises forget sometimes is that they can be too corporate, that there has to be a sense of community and a little bit of sentimentality when you're talking about people who root for a team. I think that's part of what happened with the Flyers uh, in the last five to ten years. They got a little too corporate, and they forgot the connection that the franchise had with people in the Philadelphia region. I agree with you completely. I don't know yet whether Danny Briere is going to be a great general manager. I don't know yet whether Keith Jones, who I've known a long time, is going to be a really good president of hockey operations. But it's clear that they understand the wounds that need to be healed between the franchise and the fan base. And the steps they're taking are steps in the right direction in that regard. Doesn't mean they're going to draft the right players. Doesn't mean they're going to make the right trades. Doesn't mean they're going to, you know, Hold on to John Tortorella too long or fire him too soon. It just means that they understand the franchise's place in the community and how far it had fallen, and they realized they needed to do some fixing. And I really also think that among the four teams, or five pro teams, or however many teams you want to say there are in this town, they've always been unique in their relationship with the fan base. It always was a little more personal. Hockey's never been the – well, I don't know about never. It probably was during the 70s, but – Hockey's usually at the bottom, and, yeah. the, and the people who like hockey love it, embrace it, care about that team so much, and really felt betrayed in recent years 
And just watching Keith Jones in that crowd and Danny Briere talk to every single fan. What's on your mind? I'm in no rush to go away. What are you thinking? And they were just great. And I, and I appreciate it. It was a great event. We raised a lot of money for Flyers Charities. And, and uh, I sold a lot of books. I know yeah. Angelo sold a lot of books. Yeah. So it was, it was terrific. Yeah. Everybody who came out, I, I really do appreciate that. Let's get uh, Joe in Moorestown here. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, guys? We're good. Hi, Joe. Uh, listen, I, I've been watching all these different shows all week, ESPN, all these bit, bet, sports betters, and just different people all around the, the NFL and, and sports writers. Uh, it's really pissing me off now. I mean, nobody's giving the Eagles any respect at all. This is crazy. And and, and the 49ers are taking all this, this trash talk and shouting out their numbers and what their numbers are. Forget about that. That's out the window. Mm-hmm. Because the Eagles, as a team, have one thing that I noticed this year that any other team in the NFL, not only are they physically and athletically capable of beating anybody, but their mental status. They're, I mean, they're all together on the same page. They're all playing at the same level. They know what everybody has to do, and they all know their jobs. And mm-hmm. that's what... That's how they've been winning. It's a good pep Everybody's talk. It's luck, luck, luck. How can you be lucky with a ten and one record? That's I, a lot of luck. I hear you, pal, and that's that's a good speech. Which brings us to <clears throat> our predictions. Our predictions in the folded piece of paper. Um, I think anybody who's been listening for the last two and a half hours uh, could sense the what's the word trepidation? I guess if you're an Eagles fan, in my voice about this game I think the Eagles have been kind of walking a high wire the last few weeks and this is the best team that they will have played in this stretch I think the 49ers are better than the Kansas City Chiefs I think they're better than the Dallas Cowboys I think they're better than the Buffalo Bills and I think that if the Eagles as they have tended to do over the last four or five games get off to a slow start it's really going to cost them against this team uh, I don't think they're going to get blown out. I don't think this is one-sided. These are not the 49ers of Steve Young or Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and all of all of that. Um, but they're really good. And I think it's going to be a difficult day for the Eagles tomorrow. I'm taking the 49ers 27-24. 27-24. And I am taking... Here's the folded piece of paper. And on it, Glenn reveals that he is taking... The San Francisco 49ers, 31-27. Yeah. Hate doing it. Hate, 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 hate making that prediction, but I am I think it's a bad spot for the Eagles. I think um, after 105 defensive plays last week, their defense is, is, could be gassed, and we may see that in the second half toward the end of the game. I mean, if Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter and those guys are able to play hard through the fourth quarter, I will be really impressed, but I worry about that. Uh, I think this has been an extremely tough stretch of games that they've won three in a row, and I give them tremendous credit for that. Um, this is a tough opponent that you're going up against, and the Eagles really do have injury problems. You're yes. going to miss Dallas Goddard. I don't think Fletcher Cox is going to play. We'll see. I hope he does. But we, we, we barely mentioned Lane Johnson. And yeah. The fact that even if he plays, is he going to be anywhere near what you need Lane Johnson to be? Right. So I I think that the Niners are more rested. They've had all the time off. The Niners have been kind of circling this one since January. Yeah, they, they're big mouths and they pop off and they're whiners and all that. But I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan has been really game planning this one for for 
whatever that is, 10 months, almost a year. Uh, Eagles have the Cowboys next week, which could be a good rebound game. I like uh, the the argument that somebody had, which is, you know, oh, it was Connor Orr. Yeah. A loss will be good for them because they'll bounce back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We'll we'll deal with that after uh, we'll deal if, with that, if, but if and after it happens. Yeah, they could win. Eagles could win. We could just we could see the same brilliance and and fortuitousness and all that. But right now, as I sit here today, and I got to be honest with it, hope I'm wrong. Hey, I've picked against them three weeks in a row now. I think oh, you have too. Right. No, no, no. No, you no, picked no. you picked them to beat the Bills. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, yeah. didn't. I picked them to beat the Bills, uh, thirty-four to thirty-one. Not bad. Yeah, not so, bad. This time, I hope I'm wrong. All right. We've got one more segment. We'll get you in. 215-592-9494. Hey, is your home in need of new windows and doors, but you've decided to brave through one more cold season before making the plunge? Let me tell you why acting now will not only keep your family feeling warm all winter long while lowering your high heating bills, it's also going to save you big bucks with the big end-of-the-year sale from the great people at Guided Door and Window. Guided is bringing back the biggest discounts of the year. Receive 40% of each window you buy. Yep, 40% off every professionally installed window. You'll also receive 40% off any door, including entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And don't worry about touching your holiday money because Guided will start your project with no money down and allow you to pay it off interest-free for up to 12 months. If you need new windows and doors, then you need to go Guided right now to take advantage of these huge savings. All prior sales excluded. Offer expires December 31st. So call Guided today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Yeah, apologies to the last caller. Cox also has a groin injury as well as Lane Johnson, and we should have known that. Yep, so. not just anyway. misspoke. It happens. There you go. Okay, uh, one thing I want to cover before we go to Dan Wilson, find out what we forgot to talk about, and turn it over to the Go Birds guys. Uh, and we didn't want to bring this up with Connor Orr because it put him in a bad spot, but... It, it was so thoroughly uh, embarrassing and scandalous what was revealed about Sports Illustrated this last week. Having stories, or I, uh, you wrote a column, so I'll go to you in half a second, but mm-hmm. written by artificial intelligence. And I've seen stuff written by artificial intelligence, and it's pretty easy to spot, but creating fake bios and fake authors that they pulled their pictures off of the Internet. Yeah. It's Sports Illustrated. That's not what Sports Illustrated is supposed to be about. You're supposed to be going to that site for the best writing and the best reporting. And look, media outlets everywhere are struggling, trying to hold on to subscribers, trying to gain subscribers, trying to cover everything. It's like trying to hit a moving target. But you can't fake it. We talked about Carissa Thompson the week before, about making up sideline reports. Mm -hmm. You can't offer something as being true when it is not true. And you have to tell people that if robots are writing stories, robots are writing stories. And it's just, it was really disappointing. It was terrible. Yeah. It I does mean, a disservice to Connor yeah. and, and to the other terrific writers and reporters that they still have. Well, and that's the thing, you know, when we talked about Carissa Thompson last week, it's really what we said, which is, okay, it's, you know, she said like a coach said, we got to play harder. Who really cares? What does it impact? But what it impacts is people say like, yeah, why do I believe the media? Why do I believe this? And you have all these people out there working hard, showing integrity, and that all gets undercut. And now with Sports Illustrated, there are many, many people who will say, like, I don't believe sports. What do I believe yeah. that? What's that? Yeah. And I guess what they – so they pull stock photos mm-hmm. off of the, the places, the sources for that. Yep. And it's like, you know, 
30-ish year pleasant-looking Asian woman. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll use her. <laughs> yep. And they create a name, and they create a bio, like, loves to run with her dog through the woods and just stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. wrote stories and, and, and had the AI write stories, which were, I guess, mostly like product endorsement kind of thing. A lot of that stuff, but this has been – AI has been experimented with um, – Gannett, the media company Gannett, yeah. has used AI to cover high school High school sports. games, yeah. And I've it's terrible those. because you end up getting a write-up or coverage that completely ignores context yeah. and the most newsworthy things happening in a particular game. Like, imagine covering Super Bowl 52 and having as your first sentence of your game story be that Jake Elliott hit a 25-yard field goal to e- give the Eagles a 3 nothing lead. Like, yep. It's I think I read the, a good column to that effect you this did. week. You yeah. did. I'd like to think you did. That was a nice job by you. Thank anyway. You. All right. Uh, <laughs> my accountant just texted me. Uh-oh. He can No. <laughs> to text me, to tell me that he can get me those donuts. Oh, there you go. There you go. See, listeners coming through. What's the name of that? Yum Yum. Yum Yum. All right. Rob, we'll get together. Actually, i got to call you about something, Rob, but then we'll, have the, we'll share the donuts. All right. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to the game tomorrow. Enjoy your family today. Thank you. That I should will. be nice. What, Dan, what do we forget? Yeah, so a few things. On the topic of Sports Illustrated, they named their Sports Person of the Week uh, this of the year. year. Or of the, the year. This They did it this week, but their Sports Person of the Year. Uh, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. I can't tell you the last time a guy who finished 12th in his conference got, uh, or you know, <laughs> Sports Person of the Year. Yeah. But uh, Deion Sanders went 1-8 and eight in the Pac-12 and 4-8 and eight overall. Uh, winning SI Sports Person of the Year. Can can tell you exactly what happened here, just from guessing. Colorado gets off to a hot start. SI is trying to get, generate buzz. They don't think that the bottom's going to fall out. They pick Dion, thinking that Colorado's going to be respectable. It all falls apart, and now they look like idiots. Deservedly so. But they can't undo that selection uh, before it sh- comes they out? They should be able to undo that selection. I'll push back just a little bit. Okay, um, and everything you guys said is true. I do think he created a buzz like nobody else this year, which mm-hmm. maybe is or isn't the the stipulation that they use for it, the criteria that they use for it. Um, but I also think he's actually is building something for the future there, which is going to be a very interesting program. And I guess my other question is: Is there another obvious choice I'm not thinking of who should have been the sports person of the year this year? I thought the Kelsey brothers were more. Deserving than him, frankly. You, you could have gone with the Kelsey brothers. Um, you could have gone with um, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, it's not just it's not just who had the best year as an athlete. It's who's a compelling story. And yeah. obviously, Dion. Dion's a compelling story, thing. right? Jokic is like, eh, okay, I, don't know. I wouldn't read that. Okay, what else? Uh, number two, we didn't get to uh, one famous Eagles fan's comment this week about uh, whether he would prefer. <laughs> A Super Bowl win or the Oscar? Yeah. This was Bradley Cooper on the Howard Stern Show. So we know he's a super fan, often in the box with Jeff Lurie and all of that. All of that aside, he is also an Academy Award-nominated actor. And he's never won, right? No, he's never won. My point being— Boy, he's good, too. My point being, he's an actor. 
Like he's oh. he can say that oh. and make it believable. Oh. Come on. He's writing his own script there and reading it. You to don't. Us. You don't think he wants to win a couple Oscars for Maestro, the new movie he's got out? I mean, come on. Look, I yeah, don't. I, I don't doubt that he wants the Eagles to win. And from you know, he's a Jenkintown guy, Germantown Academy guy. Love Bradley Cooper, but come on. He wants the Oscar. Yeah, I'm with he wants you. the Super Bowl. I, I think he's... Well, he wants to make sure he gets that invite back in the box. Well, there you go. Done. That, yeah. too. That, that's true, and it's 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 a nice thing to say, and it doesn't hurt his chances to win an Oscar, which, by the way, I was almost shocked that, that he never won an Oscar. No. He's been seven-time nominated, yeah, I think. Yeah, he's been nominated a bunch. Probably right? should have won one by he's now. He's becoming the Suzanne Lucci of the Oscars. Of the, well, he's going hard for it this year, but... Not more important than the Super Bowl, if he's telling the truth. All right. Uh, the third and final thing, uh, where I'm headed after the show today, uh, the first ever Big Five Classic. Yep. Oh, today. yeah. yeah. We Ma- talked about that last week. Mike and I yeah. were talking about uh, Temple and LaSalle the other night for a spot in the title game. His Explorers losing in triple overtime. It, so, after the event on Wednesday night, Glenn, I'm driving from Bridgeport to my house, and I have the Temple LaSalle game on the radio, and I listen to two overtimes worth of college basketball. Wow. On AM radio. I don't think I've listened to AM radio since 2006. Right. Cars don't even have it anymore. No, but well, I have a 2013 RAV that has AM radio. There so go. there you go. And it was a terrific game. You know, good luck to Temple and St. Joe's. It should be a great championship game. Uh, and it looks like this whole idea of bringing the round robin or the, the Big Five Classic back is really you know, kind of freshened up the big five. I think so. Generated a lot of interest. And uh, did I read a story? Streamers today? Yeah, I think They're so. They're bringing them back to streamers? I, rumor has it. I, mean, I think that's great. That would That's a wonderful Villanova, thing. who's ranked going 0-2 in the big five. They're playing for fifth place today. There How you go. about it? Yeah. they got to play Drexel, yeah, in the first hey, game. The Hawk will never die, pal. Hey. Th- the They're going not, at 7.30 against Temple, yeah. Good for good for Billy Lang. I mean, he's been there a while now. He had big shoes to fill coming in after Phil Martelli. It wasn't easy. Wasn't his fault that it wasn't easy, yeah. but uh, it's good to see maybe that program starting to turn. Yeah, I would love to see that, and I'm with both of you guys. I think just seeing the Big Five kind of come up with something new. This is not gimmicky like the stupid NBA tournament, right? Which is a waste of everybody's time. The Sixers out of that now, by the way. They're they are done. officially mathematically Thank eliminated. God, <laughs> they actually had two regular season games added as like not tournament games, but this this coming week, Wednesday and Friday, they're playing now. Wait, what do you mean they had games? So, they, so when they scheduled the tournament, they only scheduled 80 games for the regular oh, season. Oh, right, right. Okay. So they have non-tournament yes. games Wednesday and Friday. But right. the quarterfinals of the tournament are Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, I know you'll be locked uh, in. Stupidest thing. <laughs> it really... Glenn will be on Here's Glenn, the thing. Glenn's dialed in, yeah. When, when we're doing a show 15 years from now, Mike, and you'll definitely be carrying me at that point. <laughs> We're gonna do one day. It's gonna be it's gonna, it's, in season tournament. It's Mike. gonna it's gonna be like a slow day in June where nothing's going on. And it's like, what are we gonna let's do the dumbest ideas ever in sports, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I got the winner. The in season tournament. That's it. I don't know. The XFL's gotta be right up there. That's number two. They get the other prize. Anyway, how about arena football coming back for like the fifth time? Ah, sure. Why not? It disappears, it the reappears, Iowa Barnstormers. it disappears, it reappears. Yeah, whatever. It's it's not here, right? No, it's coming back. To yeah. here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Good. Like the fourth version of the Philadelphia Soul. So, Whatever. Philadelphia Soul led to my uh, one of my great encounters with a celebrity. I had lunch with John Bon Jovi because of the Philadelphia Soul. I hosted a show with John Bon Jovi yeah. because of that. He's yeah. very, he's very short. He's very short and very poofy. He had good hair, definitely. All right, enough of that. Uh, Nice job, Dan. Mike, enjoy your family. Thanks, Glenn. I'll see everybody tomorrow on the pregame. Remember, uh, Deshaun Jackson is going to join us 3.30 or 3.15, excuse me, 3.15 live down at the tent at the stadium, so make sure you get down there for that. Stay tuned for Go Birds Radio with James and Elliott next on 94 WIP.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.